back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Anybody out there, feel free to comment and give us your opinion on whatever we're talking about or anything that we're not talking about. Yeah, a much larger array of topics. Get John's stuffing recipe. Exactly how I make cranberry sauce. Don't ask. <laughs> it involves a Dremel. All good things in life, too. All right, buddy, welcome out to the log room. It is Wednesday, December 23rd. 2020 jersey johnny coming at you and with me as always are mr radio pete and mr harry lugnuts say hello guys hello hello guys he said hello guys and gals and gals everybody and how's everybody doing tonight it's uh you know it's it's yeah it's good it's good 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 there's a holiday i think uh approaching yeah under my tree is still empty yes Which yeah, usually it doesn't fill up until the 24th, but at this point, there's usually a couple things under there, but I'm thinking uh going to be kind of scarce this season. Well, the, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of, uh, lot of, uh, lot of it is uh, definitely a little scarce, scarcer under mine as well. Um, but today, before we even get to Christmas Eve tomorrow and, and Christmas Day on, on Friday, uh, today is a holiday. It is Festivus, my friends. Yeah, here we yes. go. Right there. Happy Festivus, everybody. That's right. I find tinsel very distracting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there was a Festivus poll in the... Uh, George Russell, your father. Did you see, did you see the, uh, the cover right there? There's a Festivus poll going through the... Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Yes. You know, speaking yeah. of tinsel, uh, years ago, uh, well, we still have uh, some family friends who live out in New Mexico, and... Uh, we went out and visited them around Christmas time uh, a couple of times uh, when I was a kid. And they would put the tinsel on the tree. They would put the uh, vacuum cleaner hose into the exhaust <laughs> and then dangle the tinsel in front of the vacuum cleaner and let it go it's and blow it onto the tree. That's great. Pretty ingenious. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Tinsel is, a, uh, is, is not fun. Uh, no. I, find, I find garland to be the slightly less annoying... Cousin yeah. of tinsel. Still annoying, but slightly less. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, annoying or less, but so um Tin- I just I just thought of so the tinsel would be a great name if you were a stripper. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Tinsel yeah. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for a living? That's tinsel. Just, uh... <laughs> just tinsel. No last name. No. Gotcha. no. Um so are we going to wait till later in the podcast though to talk about the airing of the grievances or uh, Maybe. uh yeah you know festivus is caught on it, it, it's mm-hmm. it's without a doubt my favorite seinfeld episode of all time because it's yeah. also wrapped in with the bagel strike yes <laughs> oh you know i saw somebody and, post- and the two-face and the two-face right? i saw somebody posted today that uh festivus was an is actually an an ancient no. Celebration. It's actually a real thing. I didn't look it up to see if it's true. No, it's, it's, it's not, it not invented by it was not in fact invented by Seinfeld. But it was invented by one of the writers or something. Writers, yeah. I actually, Who, whose father actually invented, invented it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that what I, okay? Yeah. So it's not based on like some ancient pagan festival. Yeah. No, it's it's a completely humorous take on you know pretty much what yours what 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 Frank Costanza says in the bagel shop, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they did it in their oh, family for years. They did it in their family for years, and then one of the writers was one of the sons, and uh, he uh, he had mentioned it. He had been talking about. It. He mentioned it to Jerry, and Jerry's like, "We have to do this." Yes. So, 
Yeah, God, that's where it came yeah. from. It's also, the, then, it's also the episode with the human fund, <laughs> which <laughs> is great. If you can get away with that as Christmas presents, that's yeah, a good <laughs> giving giving money. I'm giving money instead of presents to the uh, the human fund. The human fund. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, speaking of uh, speaking of giving <coughs> money for uh, for humans, um, uh, football, uh, the Giants. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> What uh, what 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 do we? I mean, I know you know. It, it's obvious with Colt McCoy starting this past Sunday. It's obvious. I don't think Daniel Jones would have made much of a difference. I they're, don't think that's where was. Their offensive line is back to not being able to block. They're they have no movement. They're I don't know. They just seem dead on offense. The defense didn't play terribly horrible. Um, they're the Giants. They're going to win five games this year. Uh, they already did. Yeah, that's what that's <laughs> what, like, exactly. So. Well, so that's it certainly makes the uh, – I hesitate to use the word interesting, but it makes the NFC East a bit more interesting with uh, the Cowboys winning and, uh, you know, Philly – like everybody's still in the mix here. It but. is literally still anybody's division. It, Any right, one right. of those four so, teams I mean, can win it. The Cowboys, you know, look, the Cowboys the most, look the best um, as far as recent play. It's the most exciting division where everyone is four games under five hundred in football. Right. This yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. uh, so – but I, so there's something to be said for that. My I, the, guy, the question I want to ask you guys is, uh, with the fake field goals, um, <laughs> because there's I hear two schools of thought on this this week. Listening to the you know the the, the pros and the pundits. One is well, you got Colt McCoy, so you're limited. So now's the time to kind of open the bag of funny trick plays, and you might as well give him a shot because he's Colt McCoy. The flip side of that is no, you exactly want to do the opposite. You want to tailor the offense to what he you know, does well or what he's capable of because he's limited and don't have Dixon throwing a pass to the center uh, to try and get in the end zone, run plays that Colt McCoy can run. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, is it time to open it up because it's Colt McCoy and what have you got to lose? Or do you be a little bit more, you know, simplify the playbook and try and be a little bit more conservative and get the most out of your backup quarterback who let's not forget um, he beat Seattle. Which, yeah, they, and, they, and they went back to basics. They ran the ball. They controlled it. They had a balance between passing and running. They did just enough. They controlled the clock. They kept it out of Russell West, uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson's hands. And they kicked field goals. Yeah. I mean, if there's well, one thing, the, the one th- there's one thing the Giants are pretty good at. It's kicking field goals. Right. Yeah, well, I'm like it's six points, and you still would have lost. But I mean, and there's no moral victories in football, whatever. But at least uh, you would have had, the, you know, you get a better. Uh, would have been in the game, uh, for, right? For longer. Been, yeah, would have been six extra points instead of you know nothing. Look, the Giants had one significant win this year against Seattle, and everybody got really, really excited. Uh, before that, they beat a couple teams that were pretty miserable, and they're they're a below average football team. Then it showed on Sunday. It, it didn't surprise me. No, they're, but they were improving. Their defense and I, was and I, getting and I, better. And I, and I think their defense, like I said, I think their defense played fairly well. I just think they've their 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 offense is very inconsistent, and unless they're playing a team that they can exploit, which has even less talent than they do. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put points on the board at a very consistent pace. They just yeah. aren't. I agree. I agree. Certainly I not know. without Daniel Jones. But ironically, 
Uh, you talk about the fact that Gano is is pretty much the lead point scorer in the in the team, and yeah, he is, and the, the field goals and everything else. But ironically, on that trick play, he was wide open. Yeah, <laughs> he was wide yeah. open. And he, that would, that yeah. would have been great if he was the only person to score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, he, listen, if you don't let him kick, he's never going to win the team MVP. That's right. right. Yeah. And there's no one else who deserves it on the Giants team. But could you imagine? Yeah. Imagine he kicks a bunch of field goals and scores the team's only touchdown. <laughs> I don't yeah. think you want the one person who is consistently scoring. Like, like kickers are, are are like you don't want to ever have them out of their element. You don't want them trying to make a tackle. And I don't really think you want them trying to catch touchdown passes. No. You know, it's just uh, let them do what they do best. Yeah. I, I'm an old school thought guy, though. It's like if, every once in a while you go for it on fourth down. If not, you kick a field goal. You take the points. Yeah. And the Giants team, they should take points whenever they possibly can. And, um, you know, it, it, it was one of those games. Bit of a Bit of a boo-boo from – from Joe Judge. A little bit of a boo-boo. But, hey, hey, Freddie Kitchens was calling the plays, right? Yeah, how yeah. did that even happen? Uh, uh, Jason Garrett was, uh, was COVID. in COVID. Yeah, he was in COVID protocol. No, but I mean, like, I guess why, Freddie why Kitchens was, is next in line. After well, why was he even on the team? I mean, he was brutal last season. He brought him in. He, he's the tight ends uh, coach. He he was I mean that was that was his moniker before he was before he was an assistant coach and and, and head coach last year in Cleveland he was a, he was always a tight ends coach so that's and and he's been friends and coached before with Joe Judge uh, he's got that connection there which is I why don't know like, why, but why is that the line of succession I guess is my question I don't know who knows is it maybe just because of his experience I don't know who's the Giants quarterbacks coach and what's I would think that would be the guy who might you might want to call. You, the play. you would, you would think, especially more... he's the only one working with Colt McCoy at that point. So why not? Bring yeah, him and he's a little bit. I would think he's a little bit more involved in the offense because the quarterback or, has to know or, what everybody's doing. Or maybe the head coach should just step in and call the plays. Right. Well, that's the possibility too. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that's Judge's yeah. forte. From what I heard, that I was Judge's. Play. From what I heard, that trick that trick field goal was Judge's call. That one was judges. I mean, at this point, they should just come out and, and try all trick plays next game. Yeah. Just, just you, know, you know, onside uh, kick, right? Have I, four, I, I, I got to be honest. Have four running backs in the backfield, have none. Have, have <laughs> five like, running backs. I like when teams five have linemen just, and the quarterback. That's just right. the center and the quarterback, and then everybody else is spread out. I mean, just, just go nuts. <laughs> we, uh, what what do you have to lose? Instead of the wishbone, run the, the rump. Right. That's right. You yeah. put four guys in a slanted. Yeah, rectangle in the backfield, and nobody but knows. Four guys are on a burning garbage can, and you sing, you know, <laughs> tunes. You hand the you ball off a, to the put them on a float, the, singing Doctor yeah. Shane going and down the field. It, it, yeah, hand the ball off to the guy on the injury cart as he drives across <laughs> behind the quarterback. You know, flip it to hit. Give it a shot. What do you got exactly. to do? I have news for Giants fan, and I and I am one of them. It, it, it this is a long. It's still it's going to be a long couple of years before this team is. We're further along than we were the last couple of years. But you're, you're right not where there you were yet. last year. Uh, yeah, but I mean, there's better pieces in place. Not, I think not, so. Not, not okay. great. Not not like perfect. Uh, we're winning everything. Pieces in place, but there's better pieces in place. Hey, and they're gonna have they're gonna have maybe the tenth, ninth, eleventh pick in the draft. Hopefully yeah. they hopefully they can get some offensive linemen and some and some. Well, everybody's saying now all the all the pundits, all the uh, you know uh, uh, Mel Kiper and everybody else, the pre-draft. I mean, they're doing the 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 the, uh, the mock draft six months before the damn draft. 
Yeah. Um, they're all saying that uh, they're gonna they're gonna take a wide receiver in the first round. Wide receiver. You know, the Giants the Giants are have have historically been you know, in recent history, in the last 15, 20 years, I've been really, really good at drafting receivers. So, yeah, right. that doesn't... It doesn't surprise me, but I think they have other needs. And, uh, you know, they, they do have some receivers. Um, and according to a, a few other people in the rumor mill, uh, they they may, might have a, a shot at getting one back uh, that they let go a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. that would... Uh, that would. There's no way that could go wrong. I, I There's no way that could go wrong. No. <laughs> Not at all. No, not so. Not but so you could say that about any team that that particular player might go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really where? Where would other than maybe the the Chiefs or maybe if, the Patriots uh, anywhere else? You go. Well, that's obviously going to go yeah. wrong. But you realize that I mean, depending on how these next two games go, Cleveland could win the AFC North. Yes, they and, could. And Cleveland, know, they, Cl- Cleveland is playing the kind of football that the Giants used to play when they were a winning team. Yeah. You know, they. they well, they're running the ball. They're 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 they're, scor- they're scoring when you know when they need to, and they're playing pretty good defense. Yeah, and they're controlling the clock. Did and they- who do they play week seventeen? Uh, the Steelers. The Steelers, which could be the division <laughs> could title be the divisional the title game. I mean, are we? Did we like the last two weeks? Have we, uh, especially this last game? Are we just watching Ben Roethlisberger deteriorate in front of our eyes? Like it seems like. Five weeks ago, it was a different guy. I mean, that was that was maybe the worst game I've ever seen him play the other night. Yeah, no, definitely, he was horrible. Absolutely. And he's and he's a Hall of Fame quarterback in my mind. Well, I, I asked a couple weeks ago, uh, is is he starting to wear down? Is he going? And, to and wear a couple down? weeks ago, I didn't think he was. No, but you know what? They have no running game. They don't, and it appears that he cannot throw downfield. Now, maybe he is—he's out of sync with his receivers. He was—he was trying to shove every single pass into like triple and quadruple coverage. Yeah, he, he was—he was making every Brett, single pass he threw he, he was, was to making, more than two defenders. Were he was making receiver. Brett Favre seem conservative. Ridiculous. I mean, he was just like even, even when he has a receiver that's open, they're not holding on to the ball consistently. No, no they're, so they're, I don't know what happened to Schuster the other night. Opposing defenses can kind of sit back. And wait for him to, you know, force the ball downfield. There's only so many eight-yard passes you what can did, throw. What did he have? Two interceptions right into the hands of yeah. somebody just he, sitting there, like through, yeah, threw, threw, threw it right to them. Coverage, just sitting there in the underneath area, and like there is no player with the, the Steelers uniform on around that. <laughs> yeah, nothing. And he's look. He's been throwing the ball how many times a game? Forty plus times a game. Yeah. And coming back off, a, you know, coming off a major injury, and he's not young. So, yeah, and listen, also, I think you've got to blame some of this. Uh, it shouldn't be a total excuse, but you got to blame some of this on the NFL and the scheduling. The Steelers, and I hate them being a Cowboys fan, but they got screwed. Three games in 13 days, and then a fourth game coming off a short rest, uh, right in kind of the teeth of uh you know the 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 difficult part of the the second half of their right. schedule uh they got i mean that's that's you know forced to take a a a phone a half buy in week 4 i think it was or whatever mm-hmm. but, you know they just again it's not an excuse for everything but you just can't put you know and again no training camp all this all the caveats we put for every team right. and then you're just running these guys through game after game you know you were through Four games in in you know t- less than twenty four, days. Four games in eighteen days. They yeah, in eighteen days. Now that's going to take its toll, especially on how old is Roethlisberger? 30, 38. 38. Um, so I, I think that has something to do with it because you know you just you can't 
come all the way back, you know, and 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 then you don't get a chance. To well, come all the way I mean, back they, they, you don't they have won, break. They won a couple close games against some decent teams and a couple good teams, but who were they playing as far as their out of division schedule this year? NFC East. Yeah. And the NFC East early on when those teams were not doing anything, you know, it's so. And you know what, though? They they lost to Washington and they almost lost to Dallas. So, you know, I'm telling you, Dallas is still the best team in the NFC East. When they decide to show up, they're the best team in the NFC East. Now, that's not saying much. It's like saying, you know. I'm the prettiest, well, uh, prettiest girl at the pie eating contest. But who, does, who, does, uh, who does Dallas play this week? I don't uh, know. Who does Dallas play this week? Dallas. Because we know who they play in week 17. Now, I mean, that could be a division title. Dallas plays the Eagles this week. Yeah. Okay. They might win that one. Mm-hmm. And, and they then play, they play Washington the following week. They have two division games the next two games. I mean, Dallas could very easily win out. Washington's also another team that you just don't know. There's some weeks when they, they look halfway decent. Dallas plays uh, Washington plays the Eagles in Week 17. Dallas oh. plays Dallas, Dallas plays, plays the Giants. Plays right? the Giants, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm saying that could be that's as likely a uh, a division deciding game I think as any. If the uh, right. you know the, they could both uh, Giants and uh, Dallas could both win and or and or both lose. So I mean, if history is any any uh, determination, the Giants and Dallas almost always split. It's yeah. just, it doesn't matter if one team is a Super Bowl champion and the other one's and one team is oh, right, right, right. They they just one always, in fifteen. The one team they're winning this guy. Yeah. They just always yeah, yeah. Um, John Donovan said, even when Barkley comes back, they need mute players on offense. And uh, I, 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 and then he said he needs they need more players on offense, not mute. But I like the mute. Players. I don't mind the mute. You know, Bavaro. Well, Bavaro would mute. If you're going to bring back a certain wide receiver, then you might like him to be mute. Oh, I would love it. If that receiver comes back, he better damn well be mute. So that yeah, could be so. a good thing there. Exactly. And then Dave from the Beer Show said, Happy Festivus to three guys who have no issues airing grievances. So, That's true. Uh, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> it's a bo- but what more can you ask from two Giants fans and a Jet fan? So many grievances. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Surprise. This podcast isn't brought to you by, you know, Prozac and uh, – <laughs> John Donovan said, "If only, yeah, it should be <laughs> yeah, mar- mar- marijuana, maybe. Yes, yeah. brought oh, yeah. to you by a nice fat joint. Yeah. This podcast so, has uh, been brought to you by CBD oil. <laughs> that's that's CBD oil is definitely not the, the right. <laughs> I mean, CBD oil is if you're like you know, can, <laughs> there you can, go, right Kansas there. City, right there. Yeah, I thought that doesn't help with being a Giants or Jets fan. Well, no, you got to be you, you got to be hitting the pipe while you're." The the you right. know, the bowl while you're uh, it's not <laughs> taking the CBD oil. So. No, it's not. It's not THC. <laughs> it just make you a little sleepy. There you go, THC. THC yeah. oil. No, there you go. <laughs> that's right. That's what you really need. Uh, this CBD podcast is goes. brought to you by THC. <laughs> THC CBD. Vitamin THC. There you go. Um. So all right. Um, so listen, the rest of the games I think were fairly predictable, save one. I mean the. Bucks beat the Falcons as they should, although not by a lot. And uh, yeah, but th- then there was then there was the one game in in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, I I don't think I saw that. Well, the, you didn't see that one. I did that like was... the Chargers. Chargers beating the Raiders, though. The, yeah, the Chargers beat the Raiders. Like, just, I don't know. Chargers. Somebody, might some, somebody predicted that. Yeah, somebody, somebody did. did. Somebody did predict. Somebody's it. getting closer. Somebody's getting closer <laughs> at the one. Uh, that was a that was a good prediction too. 
But yeah, um, the, the the big upset and the perhaps the number one grievance for any Jet fan is, is they, uh, their performance this week against you, those you had Rams. Trevor Lawrence sitting underneath your Christmas tree. And, and, and instead you're gonna get a instead you're gonna get an offensive lineman. Yeah. I thought it was gonna ha- I thought it was gonna happen against New England. And right. they certainly have kind of, you know, fallen by the wayside. They're certainly sure. not so I figured it was going to be week 17, and that would be the ultimate heartbreak. This is pretty close to that, but uh, you kind of – I mean, if you're if you're a true, honest, longtime Jet fan, you had to figure in your heart of hearts this was not going to happen for them yeah. because – Because they're, they're, the, they're, Jets. The, Jets. they're the Jets. So, and, uh, but, and, and here's a grievance that also screwed us up because we had that beautiful sounder that you and your son made. Yeah. Um, so, so well, we I, got three weeks out of it, right? We got three weeks out of it, and now this is this is the this is the uh, new and improved sounder because they won, or maybe it's not. Now let me let me answer that. <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> Actually, I like that better. If they, <laughs> yeah, that's really all it deserves, Warren. Here it is, right games here. And and the Bengals have two wins. Who wins that tie? Because the Bengals have a tie, so they would still the Jets would still have the second. That's back. a half a game better. So yeah. they yeah. So here's so, the here's the sounder. Sounds about right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and that's the, the ending is the best. The, the ending, ending slash best. beginning is the best part. <laughs> yeah, sixteen Orf Quest. <laughs> Don't I, I'm not going to try um, Quest backwards. I mean, that's so sad. It's so 2020 for the Jets to just come on. And and you know against the Rams who. I think they're what they're a ten ten win team. The Rams, and, yeah, have, yeah. The, the, nine, Rams are, the Rams, they're nine win. They would have been a ten win team. I mean, they, they were they were right there for the division lead. If they, uh, yeah, I mean, they won the some, damn game. There were some questions about them early on. They were a bit inconsistent, but the last several weeks, barring this uh, latest debacle for them, yeah. uh, I thought they felt like they were really coming on and proving that they were you know for real and going to take a shot at uh, at uh, a run in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Listen, uh, maybe a stumble for them. Maybe playing down. Maybe they were uh, thinking we don't. Uh, you know, it's the Jets. But, gah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I don't that's know what, what else to what, say. What else is there to say? Look, other than Jacksonville that? might still beat somebody. I don't know. Why they would they though? I mean, they. Well, not, I, it's not like they want to win a game because they don't want to go winless. You know, they they already won a game, so. And look, yeah. there's probably not What's a another better, win going to do for them. You let's know? be honest. There's probably not a better team for Trevor Lawrence than Jacksonville. Well, I mean, it just sort of makes sense. Yeah. Well, look, they've got the Bears. From, he grew up week, in Tennessee. Right? He goes to school in South Carolina. Jacksonville's right there. Why would you? Well, yeah. They've right, got yeah. the they've got the Bears next week, which is a winnable game for them. The, you know, depending on which Bears team shows the up. Bears, the Bears are looking good again now that Bears, he's back. Yeah. yeah. So it could be the the halfway decent Bears, or it could be the crappy Bears. Right. And then uh, let me see who they have week seventeen here. Week seventeen, the Jaguars have the Colts. The Colts. So yeah. Probably not going to win that one. No, but the Colts are ten and four right now. They're and they're, they're not going to win either of them. 
They're probably because, not going to win because they're run. not as dumb as the Jets. Now that they have the first pick, they're not going to. I mean, they're not. No, well, my, my, my point was, if if it's a la, if it's the if it's the lousy Chicago team that shows up, I mean, I I don't, it, I find it in, impossible to believe that any team is going to intentionally throw the game. No. I mean, there might be decisions here or there. Uh, kick a field goal sure. instead of go for uh, you know start a, one start when you're on start a third string running back you know well you know you might try give out the right. backup offensive line you might give some of the guys that are you know off the special yeah. team squad uh, a couple yeah, of give them a nod at tight end give but the gunner a ton nod at tight end they're they're not going to go out and not try and win the game and and like, if the Bears come out no. and play lousy then they could win now, you know but what would be funny that's... is if the Jags and the Jets played in Week 17. That would, and then whoever the winner of that game gets Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I think uh, every they, each quarterback would be would throw an interception every time they get the ball. It's they would just them. never snap it. They would just pick, be pick, continuous pick, play. Pick, no, I think pick. it would be like one, two, three. I forfeit. I forfeit. Uh, he, he said it first. <laughs> he so said you it guys first. Forfeit. You're uh, you yeah. forfeit first, so you lose. Yeah. So uh, yeah, right, call it in the air. Heads or tails. Mars. Well, but now now all right. So now let's look at what we know is going to happen, which is the Jets are not going to get Trevor Lawrence. Right. And so. Now there's a couple things that they can they need to do, and some of them I think they're capable of doing, and some of them probably not so much because they don't have a good history. Number one is they need to embrace Sam Darnold. What I've seen from him the last couple of weeks, I don't think he's broken. Right? That was a, is Sam Darnold broken in year three? No, he's not. He's not. I think he's, he's the guy's a hell of a competitor. He needs somebody, he team, needs somebody better to be calling better plays and yes, coaching yes, better. He, right, so. Needs. So they need to embrace him. I think the team's going to play for him. He's a competitor. I think he's still got skills, and he can still be good. They're capable of doing that. They need to bring in the right coach. Okay, that's where it gets difficult because they're the Jets, and they often make that uh, mistake. And they've got to decide about, you know, are they going to let – I always call him Hugh Douglas, the GM. Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. Sorry. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Anybody named Douglas Kirk, on the Jets, I always think of Hugh. Um, you know, are they uh, Joe Douglas going to be the guy to bring in the coach? How much are the idiot Johnson uh, father-son team uh, or, the, you know, the sons or whoever going to be involved? Are they going to let somebody who knows football run things? Uh, that's something that, you know, we have to see if they can do. And, uh, and, and then they've got to figure out what they're going to do with that number two pick. And that's also a, a minefield for the Jets, generally speaking. They don't have a history of making uh, terrific decisions with high picks. Although, you know, uh, certainly you could, I think the way to go there might be to trade and uh, fill in some of the holes. So, uh, you know, listen, I, I'd feel, um, I feel better with Sam Donald as my quarterback and a decent coach moving forward than I would say, no offense, with uh, Daniel Jones. I, you know uh, what, listen, I, least, I was just going to say, I got to agree with you. At this particular point, the way Jones yeah. looked in a lot of games this year, I would rather have Sam Darnold on the team than, than Daniel Jones. So, you know, they, uh, look, at least yeah. there's – I mean, there I mean not, by, not by a far measure, but No, not by a lot, but, uh, maybe – well, I don't know, maybe a little bit more potential. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't be – He's also a, dis- he's also a year further into his career, too, so he's yeah. got a little bit and, more behind him. So. And look, you've got a couple years left on Darnold's rookie contract. Yep. So probably next year is not going to be the next year when you make huge leaps and bounds. So you get the second pick next year and maybe a chance to get the first pick again. Maybe, right. but you should be better. And look, I've, I got no real issues with, uh, I think they've got enough guys with, again, enough potential in their receiving core 
you got to bring somebody in to run the ball beside yeah, I mean, Frank Gore. Perryman, Mims, they all, all look there, good. Yeah, they're all out there and they're all healthy and uh, Donald's developing some chemistry. So at least, you know, again, assuming that Jacksonville doesn't win another game, then at least you know what's going to happen. You're not going to get Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to, you know, you're either going to trade it or you're going to, you're going to, they'll probably draft mm -hmm. Chase Young, which, uh, you know, he could end up being a great player, but I think you get more by trading the pick. But at least they can at least sort of know what's going on and, and they can have a plan and then we'll just see how badly they screw it up. Right, right. Yeah, that's it. And I, I think that overall, if they do wind up with the second pick, they would it would it would behoove them much better to to trade it uh for uh, you know, other picks and other uh, you know, other things. Get 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 a windfall for that number two pick. Yeah, you get uh, um who's the other quarterback that everybody's talking about? I forget his name. What are they gonna do? From Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Yeah, and there's Just probably there's Justin probably Justin Fields, and then, yeah, you know the, the the Jets yeah. might take Justin Fields. Justin Fields, yeah, they might. But there's probably also a lot of teams that uh, are feeling they are one or two players away from the next level, and whether one it's of them a being a quarterback or whether or it's a guy yeah. like Chase Young, you know, whether it's a quarterback or it's another position receiver, a defensive right. player, and they might be looking to get to number two to. To where you know, to so that they can get their guy that they feel they need to make them, uh, you know, more um, relevant, yeah. at John least Donovan, within their division. John Donovan agrees. Trade down and get talent. Yeah, I, I agree. Number two, trade down. You got more. You got holes to fill. So, yeah, I agree. Definitely, that's what they should do. But, but they probably won't because. They're the Jets. They're the, the Jets. Jets. Well, the, you know, trading down and getting talent makes sense if you if there's people out there that are, that are available, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, if it, I don't know. I, I think that my take on the jets is yeah. Sam Darnold, I think is, you got to give him, I think a little bit of a chance, but you can still draft Justin Fields and have two quarterbacks and then have an option when Darnold's contract is up and see what, where things happen. That's true because you'll have him for five years on a rookie deal. Yeah. So if if yeah, his contract they, is up, if he's playing lights out, trade Justin Fields. And, yeah, but then you're going to take the number two pick in the draft and, and have him sit on your bench for a couple of years and then trade well, it mean, away. That would be a jet thing to do. Or give him a chance to get the starting job. This is well, assumedly he would have a chance to get the starting job. He might right. he might get it. If he but... plays well enough and better than Sam Darnold, then he's gonna wind up being that person. They're gonna they're gonna trade Darnold and they're gonna tag Darnold and trade him or trade him before his, you know, fifth year comes up, option comes up and, and, and get something back for that and then have fields, which would also be a jet thing to do. I mean yeah. you know, Panay Sewell or however you say his name, the offensive tackle who's with Oregon, I mean, he's projected to go, you know, third or fourth in the draft. Why not? I mean the Jets could certainly use an offensive tackle. They certainly could. I I, I wouldn't have a problem with uh, you know if they're going to keep the pick uh, with with uh, making a move like that. Yeah. I, listen, I think it's it's really it's unfair the way Sam Donald has been treated by the Jets. Yeah. He has had no consistency in coach, offensive scheme. It's it's like four guys now in three years, uh, and you got to give him some shot. And look, there was a reason that he was thought by a lot of people before the draft. When he, oh, yeah. he was a consensus, consensus. He was a consensus, most NFL ready. You know, he's the guy, you know, yeah. and you look at, uh, listen, the, whether it was a mistake or not, oh, he should have taken Jackson or should have taken whoever. 
you can't know that really till their careers are over. Yeah. You know, you can't look at one or two or, or even three years ago. And maybe, well, and maybe not even better. Maybe not even when their career is over because some guys just don't get a chance to play on a team that is right. the best, has the best talents around them yeah, that's to a make point. them excel. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but certainly Sam Darnold has not had any opportunity to do that. And I'd rather see them, you know, um, have him say he's, he's our guy and we'll bring in somebody better than David fails as a backup. You want to bring in the veteran, you know, you want to bring in the, David, uh, his name is David. No, no, the guy they had last year. I thought it was epic. You know, when I watched yeah, when I right, when I watched Darn, when I watched Darnold play, I, I, I don't really have a you know I don't have a hatred of this team that I'm going to mention like the Jets fans do, but I could see Darnold turning into a pretty darn good quarterback playing for the Patriots. Yeah, he just seems like a Patriots quarterback, and I don't know why he just does. I, and, I, and I could easily see that happening, and and you know every yeah. year. Here comes Donald into MetLife, and right. the Patriots kick the crap out of the Jets. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, no matter no matter where how well the Jets are playing and how bad poorly the Patriots are playing, that happens. I, I'd rather see them try and develop him. Yeah. But no. again, you, you got to get the coach right, and that's yeah. going to be a stumbling block. It's not a lot of great coaches out there these days. There seems like there's a lot of pretty bad coaches. Yeah. I. You know, the, the well, days there's of- a lot of yeah, a lot of retreads who don't deserve any more chances as far as I'm concerned. You, you, I think I, I think the Jets should go after what's his name who's Kansas City's uh Eric Bianami. Bianami, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I, I mean I, I, I think that's hands down where they have to look. Uh, you know, right there. They have to yeah. look offensive guy. I can picture him being a doing well with the Jets and he he yeah. changed things around. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm usually not a fan of of first time coaches, but I think in his case, uh, I think he has more potential than many others. Well, he's been coaching a long time. Yeah, right. And, and he's and he's. I think the first time coaches that come out of the, the the some of the coaching trees of successful coaches, uh, that, that's a better that's a better bet. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. I I've also and, heard a couple of times out there that that the the uh, Jim Harbaugh name gets dangled uh, out there. Yeah, pass a little bit. Pass. <laughs> oh, and as far as the enemy, if you want a guy, you know, talk about uh, coming learning at the feet of a successful coach, okay. you, you know, there's not a whole lot of names that you might put ahead of Andy Reid, at least in no. my book. You know, well, that, I mean, that, we we talk about Andy Reid that way now. I mean, and you know, Patrick Mahomes is a really nice gift to Andy Reid. I mean, oh, yeah. Andy Reid's a very good coach. Don't get me wrong, and he, and he he had some years where he just couldn't catch a break with very good teams and and he coached them very well mm-hmm. but Andy Reid is a little bit like Pat Riley in, in the sense that he's got a ton of talent yeah. just a ton like okay I get it yeah Phil Jackson was a good coach too and you know he, he didn't have as many he didn't have as much talent as although he had the best player in the history of basketball mm-hmm. uh, but you, you know so yeah the thing that impresses me about Andy Reid, even maybe more so than Belichick right now, is that he seems to have gotten more adaptable as he's gotten older. And he seems to be ahead of the curve with where the league is going and how he's coaching. And that's amazing for a guy his age. Yeah, that is. And I, and I don't consider, you know, 
his years in Philly when they couldn't win the big one or couldn't get. I consider no. those, you know, those are still successes in my of course. world. Of course. You know, of course. Uh, you know, the same way the Bills, you know, yeah. get their four. Mark Levy was a really good coach. I mean, when you go to four straight Super Bowls, you just he yeah. just got out coached in a couple Super Bowls and yeah. and went up against a couple of yeah. You know, you could well, say yeah. the Bills I mean, were he went, a juggernaut. He went, he, of he went up against Bill Parcells, Joe Gibbs, and and uh, Jimmy Johnson twice. Yeah. Well, he so, never, yeah. he, and I would say in 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 ninety, he went up against Parcells and Belichick, and Belichick, maybe yeah. with the greatest defensive plan ever assembled for a Super Bowl. Sure, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, and it was, uh, and and it definitely was that defensive plan that that. One yeah, I mean, Super Bowl. That's ha, ha, had Levy realized that, hey, maybe we should be running the ball a little bit more and using Thurman Thomas, if he if he just did that two minutes earlier in the game, the Giants don't win that Super Bowl. No, because once they started doing that, he was he was destroying them, and they almost you know they almost won. Hmm. So it's, it's it also uh, it also helped that the Giants ate up most of the third quarter on one drive coming out right, of halftime too. Right. So and that took a lot of time out of the hands of the Bills. So yeah, but. So, us. bottom line, plenty of ways for the Jets to screw up. Still. Plenty of ways for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, Jets, up. Jets and Giants. It's just okay. Jets and Giants, Giants and Jets. It's the same. Speaking of story. New York teams, uh, we'll shift gears a little bit here, just quickly. Uh, where does Buffalo rank in the AFC? Are they the second best team in the AFC now? I think at this point they're probably you're you're probably looking at them at being the second best. I think they have to be. They, yeah, yeah, the Pit, Pittsburgh I mean, is know, definitely falling out of favorite with that. It's so. not Pittsburgh. I don't think there's anybody even a close third. Browns are they're playing pretty good football right now. Did the Browns and Bills play this year? I think they did. Yeah, yeah, they did in the Bills one. I think. Yeah. Or no, or did they? Hold on, I'll find out. Well, that's a good question. Let me take a look at our that. crack team of statisticians on our that. crack statisticians, right? Alexa. And I see the Browns and Bills game from Browns, Bills, Browns, Bills, Browns, Bills. Uh, who would have thought back in the day you'd be really curious about a Browns Bills game? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, probably there would be some uh, some interesting bets in Vegas for for some Browns, of those. The games. Browns did not play the Bills. No, no, they beat them last year, the nineteen sixteen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they have not played this year, so they did not play. No. They very well could. Yeah, they could in the, yep. in the, in the playoffs. But, I, yeah, for whatever reason, uh, Cle- Cleveland uh, every week is looking more and more like a team that you can trust in clutch situations. But I still I still have just a little bit more faith in Buffalo right now. Yeah, I do too. I do yeah, too. But I, I, would I, agree. I still say that, yeah, you're right on, on, on calling that. I think Buffalo is definitely the number two team. I I still say, and I, I said it before. I said it before we won, and I say it now. I still say that the Super Bowl is still going to be Green Bay and Kansas City. I mean, easy to pick, but I yeah. think that's where it's still heading. You know, yeah. I'm not. It's not like I'm going on a limb <laughs> saying that, yeah. but uh, I, I just think that's it's it's where it's headed. Green Bay is doing, you know, everything t- to win. I mean, they 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 played the Panthers the other night, and the Panthers were competitive in the game, and the Panthers are four and ten. You know, Aaron Rodgers threw for. 143 yards. Uh, um, Aaron Jones rushed for more yards than Aaron Rodgers threw for. Uh, so, um, but but they won the game, and that's that's the bottom line. They're they're doing what they need to do to win the game. Through the air wasn't going to happen. On the ground did. So, but yeah. uh, I th- I think things are shaping up to be pretty interesting in the playoffs. Yeah, it should be a fun playoff because you know, you've got a you know you've got a bunch of teams. Look, you got the Bucks. They're 
a, a good team, but they're kind of a question mark. You get the Dolphins get hot. How you know can they hang with some teams that you wouldn't think that they can beat? Right. Uh, you know what? You know the Browns seem to be getting uh, more consistent. Uh, we yeah, the, 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 the AFC is going to be interesting. Yeah, very, very. And I think in the NFC, everybody's everybody's looking forward to see maybe potentially, uh, you know, Bucks versus Packers and a Rogers Brady matchup, you know, somewhere along the line in the playoffs. I was going to say, depending on depending on where you know everybody falls in, you know, it's probably going to be, you know, Packers and Saints or Packers and Bucks. Yeah, you got to wonder what uh, we got to see what the Saints are going to do over the next uh, couple of weeks and how they're so unpredictable. Well, how healthy yeah. is uh, well, he, Drew Brees? He I, I think 11, Daniel Jones was more healthy last week. Than Eleven Brees ribs. Was they said week. he broke at that. I think, I think he, five. I think five. he's just rusty. Yeah, five ribs and a collapsed lung was. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, unless unless six more were broken and they didn't know it. I I heard I pretty sure I heard eleven, but it might have been an erroneous report. When it when it when it first but happened, it, I heard five and a collapse lung. Five ribs yeah. and collapse lung. Well, either way, like one broken ribs. Five broken ribs and one collapse lung. There you go. Right. That was, that that's was, football. Uh, that's yeah. football, pretty much. Should we uh, should we do some picks? Sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, and I got to pull up. Uh, you pull it up, and I'll yeah. uh, I'll play this. Beaten by the coin. Beaten by the coin. I'm sure I'll lose to the coin. No one wants to be beaten by the coin. Well, it looks like no one's going to lose to the coin this season. Uh, it would take a monumental effort. It would take a Jets-esque effort <laughs> uh, in picking to lose to the coin. Hey, so, don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, never. don't throw it away. But, yeah. No, no, no. Listen, the interesting race here... Uh, is uh, between Harry and I for second place. Although, listen, we've got, by my count, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games to pick this week. Look at that. And like two of them are good. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and even that, yeah, eight games to pick and two of them are good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so there is a chance that John could have the worst week he's ever had and uh, could uh, Harry and I could get with him maybe five games instead of eight (laughs) but a quick recap from last week jersey johnny goes three and three harry uh compliments of the chargers goes four and two yours truly three and three uh so uh and the coin goes two and four and they're out of it three games under 500 so uh 48 and 15 for jersey harry at 40 and 23 i'm 41 and 22 and that's where the race is so uh you're calling everything first this week harry I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm not. Now nah, listen, we got eight games. Like I said, eight games. So that uh, could be fun. So let's get right to it, and uh, we'll start with uh, Minnesota visiting New Orleans. Minnesota visiting New Orleans on Christmas Day. On point, Christmas Day. I want to point one thing out really quick. It won't take two seconds. Once that game happens this Friday on Christmas Day, this year, 2020, the regular season, there will be a regular season game have been played on every single day of the week. Well, there's eight. We learned earlier when we were off the air that there's eight eight days in the week. There now. is eight days. Yeah, there's Tuesday a day, and a half. There's yeah. a day between Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, which <laughs> game was played on Tuesday and a half? That's right. Yeah, this that is not. That was almost yeah. the Steelers Ravens game. Almost the Steelers Ravens. Then they day. moved it. Then they moved it to Wednesday 8 a.m. and then <laughs> into the afternoon. So. Every every week in 2020 is a leap week. 
<laughs> the question for for me is, what happened to Minnesota? I know that it looked good. They got Cook back, and then they looked pretty good, and now they've sort of Cook what like I, five and eight or something like that. So. I think I think Cook has to get his stove looked at a little bit so he can cook a little bit better. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was he was lights out, and then all of a sudden, the last few games, he's just not what he was. I think he got hurt in that one game, and not enough to be put on the IR, but. Maybe uh, not uh, his usual self. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, this uh, this is not necessarily a shoe in for New Orleans. Like I said, we need to see what Drew Brees is capable of. And I uh, think assuming I, he's going to get the start, I, I haven't heard that he's. We'll assume he's going to get the start, but yeah. I mean, it's not like they were completely out of that game. Uh, you know, no, no, they, they didn't, certainly didn't get blown out. Right. Well, I mean, you, you know, talking about getting Cook involved, I think the Saints need to lean on Alvin Kamara and just, you know, oh yeah. Yeah, just, I mean that's that, that's to. that's their that's their that's their gold right there. I'm going to take the Saints. I'm gonna yeah, I am Saints. too. I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, I th- I think the Saints have to win this game to kind yeah, of sort do. of stay where they're at. And uh, Minnesota is so unpredictable, but I don't see them going into New Orleans and winning this game. Yeah. So. All right, let's see what uh, Mr. Washington has to say. He picks tails. So he likes Minnesota. He likes Minnesota. Just digging. He wants to keep digging the hole. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay at Detroit. All right. Anybody want to take the them Lions in an upset? This is this would be a game, knowing how the season's going, where the Lions would win. But I got. I just I want Tampa Bay to hone in and get on a little bit of a streak here. Yeah. And it it just seems like they need to be woken up sometimes. And I think that wake up call came in like the third quarter of this past weekend. So yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I think Tampa Bay is going to uh, should win this game, but I don't have as much faith as I had in them six, you know, five six weeks ago. I don't either. Min- uh, Minnesota, Detroit could very easily win this game. Uh, maybe not very easily, but it, it, it's a possibility Detroit could win this game. I mean, they they're not a bad team; they're just not a good team. And if the Bucks show up in Detroit like they showed up in Atlanta, uh, you know things could happen. But I'm still I'm I'm going with Tampa Bay. I don't know, I'm tempted to take Detroit. I mean, they're not very good, but you know, I, I, has the question been answered? Is is Tom Brady? Not done necessarily, but uh, no. Is he really starting to backslide enough that it's going to affect the team? I don't think so. Maybe not that much. No, I got. No, I got. I got to take. Still a top ten quarterback in this league. Yeah, I got to take. There's 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 sixteen quarterbacks I wouldn't take over Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. All right, Coin says heads. So that's the home team. So that's the Lions. And what, what's what's interesting about Tampa Bay is if Brady and Antonio Brown start to get in sync, that could be that could that, solve some trouble. That's a that's a that's a pretty nice duo that he's got lined up now. Yeah, that could put them back into the they could easily go to the Super Bowl um, discussion. I think they're I think doing they that video of, too, with Brady and uh, Brady and Antonio Brown uh, with in sync. B and B, nice. <laughs> Well, All right. As long as they get in sync on the field. <laughs> Next. Next. All right. Uh, San Francisco and Arizona. Uh, Who cares? Well, Arizona cares because they're they're still oh, in the hunt for the division you, title. You know, four or five weeks ago, this would have been an interesting matchup. I, it's maybe seven weeks ago, but San Francisco just continues to get more and more decimated with injuries, and they just, they just seem like they've kind of given up on this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I was, I was watching. Then? Yeah. I, was Richard, I was watching Richard Sherman, and he didn't even look like he cared to be playing the game. No, I'm sure he doesn't. Didn't, yeah. didn't exactly work out the way he wanted. Uh, no, I'm going Arizona. So. I'm tempted to take San Francisco. Tempted by a pick of another. But I like him. <laughs> tempted if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right. Ooh, so I'm going to let, let the coin be the outlier as they have been so far. I'm going to go with Arizona as well. And the coin says tails. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Arizona. So they like San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Tails is the away team. All right. Um, this could be an interesting game. Miami at Las Vegas. And do the Raiders have one more? The where the good Raiders up and coming game in them? Uh, Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are actually moving in the right direction. What, what what makes me confident with the Dolphins is I don't really think it really matters much who's a quarterback. I mean, Tua is looking better, but God forbid something happens and he gets hurt. I feel confident with this team. I I, I just I like this Dolphin team is. They're gonna they're gonna be an interesting team next year, and I I I just think the Raiders are. They just have not looked good. So, yeah, were they ever really as good as a couple of games that they played? Because it really was only a couple of games. Yeah. You know, this is not a team that was expected to be particularly good this year. And and they seem like they have a quarterback controversy going on now. They just seem a mess. So. Well, you know, can, can Carr be good or is he going to be Carr? Right. You know. All right. Uh, so nobody wants to take uh, Vegas? No. Other than maybe the coin. Miami. All right. Get Dolphins. Now they're going to be good. It's Hang on. Now they're going to be good, and that'll ruin the Jets. won't even get second. Uh, Tails. Miami. There we go. There you go. Coin coming to its senses. Finally. Uh, Cleveland and the Jets. I'll just put everybody down for Cleveland. Uh, that would be correct. Well, maybe the Jets go on a heater. No, Cleveland wins. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Cleveland, Cleveland rocks. Uh, coin says tails likes Cleveland as well. Hey. All right. Even the coins like fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't happened in two weeks in a row. I'm too Every, big. Everybody man. gets lucky at the bar one night a, a year. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll let you guys pick the Giants at them pesky Ravens. I was going to say, why are you going to let us pick the Giants? <laughs> Well, I'll let you pick first. Uh, the Ravens are winning this game. Yeah, the Ravens are just another team that I just can't get understand. But no, the, the Giants aren't winning another game this year. The Ravens win. Yeah, I agree. I think. Well, we don't know what the Jones, who's going to start for the Giants yet, right? So, might not be Daniel. If it's uh, is it if does it matter? How, how healthy does Daniel Jones have to be to start this game? I don't know. 80%? Scott Brunner. Daniel yeah, Jones has to be so healthy that he turns into Steve Young for the Giants to have a chance. Matt Cavanaugh <laughs> is starting. All right. Uh, coin says heads. So now we're all in agreement. I think the coin realized the error of its ways. There you go. Uh, Tennessee at Green Bay. This is one of the good games. This, this is a really good game. This is a really good game, yeah. Uh, this is a big test. Is this a bigger test for Green Bay or for Tennessee? I think it's a bigger test. It's a big test for both, but I think it's a bigger test for Green Bay. Yeah, I think it's a bigger test for Tennessee. No, I think it's a bigger. I, I think it's it's a big test for both. I think it's a bigger test for Green Bay. All right, I'm, um, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the Titans. 
Who did you take, Jim? I haven't taken anybody really? yet. Okay. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let. I'm, gonna, I'm. I'm pondering a few things here. So go ahead when you're ready to make. Yeah. I'm gonna take I, Tennessee. I, so we may end up tied after this week. Uh, there you go. I'm. I'm Harry. actually. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Green Bay. I think that the, the Titans are a fantastic team. I just think, like I said before, I think Green Bay is doing just what what they need to to win each game. So I'm taking and and they they seem to me they're a team that knows how to win a little bit better. That sounds kind of maybe idiotic, but right, you know. Although Tennessee is kind of on a mission after the way things ended last year. So I mean, you could put Derrick Henry on any team, and I think they have a chance. Um, I mean, it's it's a bad bad game for Tennessee if Derrick Henry doesn't run for at least 180 yards. I'm going to take the Packers, but my toes aren't tingling. I. This is a game that the Tennessee could very easily win. I think this is really a coin toss on this game. I, I don't think – if the Packers do win, I don't think they dominate this game, and I think it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it'll be a good game no matter who wins. It's the best game of the that we're picking. So. Coin says tails. Going oh, with you. There we go. I don't know if that's a good sign or not. <laughs> and finally, them Buffalo Bills at the – Oh gosh, I'm so broken up because they're faltering. New England Patriots. <laughs> this could might be the game. I I don't know. I was going to say maybe the Patriots sneak this one out, but no. I Bill, think Buffalo's on a mission too. Buffalo's on a mission. I mean, the Patriots' body language this past week just sort of seemed like it. I'd never seen a Patriots team like that in a long, long time. No, let's you know it was uh, certainly not in the Belichick era, and so yeah. I mean, and this is this is a game that if the Bills do lose, it would be a really big slide back. This is yeah. a game that a team like the Bills, who we're saying is the second best team in the in the AFC, maybe one second or third best team in the NFL, should win. And and if they don't, then uh, then maybe they're not as good as we think they are. So I, th- I think, but I th- I think they'll win. Yeah. All right. Coin flip says heads. So they like the Pats. Interesting. Well, there you go. So we have a couple of differences, one or two. Well, a lot of, a lot of differences with the coin. And uh, other, actually, I think me taking Tennessee, other yeah. than that, we're all in complete agreement. <laughs> so, but so there's a chance uh, here. That, that was chance I, here. There, there. I felt stronger in my gut with Tennessee on that, but there's just something. I think the Packers are just starting to play enough good football to win this game. They should yeah, win this game. I would say probably um, my pick of Tennessee is is almost a coin flip too. Right. I think they're a little hungrier, and I think Green Bay has shown a penchant for kind of uh, sleeping on the job sometimes. I'm I'm closer I'm closer to being fifty fifty on this than I have been on most games that I picked Packers in. Yeah. But yeah, but, I just think it's going to be a close game, and, and I'll take Aaron Rodgers in a close game over. Uh, Right, what Tennessee's offering up. Okay. Probably and, nine times out of ten, you're going to be right. Agreed. Well, there you go. Be Hard to go wrong with Aaron Rodgers. There you go. There's our 28 picks for this week. <laughs> there's our, there are 28 picks for the 16 games of this week. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Shall we get into some top 10 action this week? We certainly should. All yeah. Right. And uh, bear with us, folks, because uh, we haven't actually decided who's going to do what yet. But I have a list here. I, well, I don't want to go first. Uh, well, you're going first. <laughs> now I got to look. Who's going second? Uh, I'll go second. Okay. Uh, so you can go third. And it's the same order all the way through. Well, actually, no, we might switch it up. So. All right. Who, who, who am I? All right. Never mind. 
professional we are professional we are yes so we're uh we're doing top 10 defensive backs of all time this week folks top 10 defensive backs uh we had a tie we actually had a tie for uh six nine and ten but we massaged a couple things around and <laughs> we weren't going to give you a 13 player top 10 list so we're giving you an 11 we we just did a tie because your guys picks were so horrible <laughs> so but uh yeah so that's what we're doing um number 10 b radio pete's gonna start us off why don't you start us off with 10 b i don't know who's 10 b that would be herb Oh, okay, good. Okay, I'm pulled up here. I thought it was Cannonball. <laughs> Herb Adderley. Uh, I don't know his middle name, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> played with uh, Green Bay and Dallas, uh, five times a pro bowler, four-time a first-team all-pro, three-time NFL champion, 61, 62, and 65 with the Packers, Super Bowls one and two with the Packers, and six with the Cowboys. Uh, that's, um, that's a lot of winning, uh, 48 INTs and seven defensive touchdowns in his career into the hall of fame in 1980, a big guy, a physical player. Um, listen, played in a kind of a different era when, uh, things could get a little bit more physical in the secondary, uh, certainly used that to, uh, to his advantage, but, um, Six world championships. Again, it wasn't all because of him, but um, you know he would get in anybody's face, and he really had to either be really, really fast, <laughs> or have a lot of grease on your jersey, uh, or really big and strong to to kind of get past him. He had a physical edge over most of the guys okay. that he up, went up went up against. Uh, so, um, Herb Adderley, number ten B. 10b all right i will uh i will take number 10a number 10a would be mr charles woodson mr charles woodson charles cameron woodson in case you were wondering you knew i was going to tell you his middle name uh he was drafted uh, in the first round pick number four in the 98 draft by the oakland raiders played for eight seasons on the raiders and played for another seven on the packers then went back to the Raiders for a couple of years, so I bounced around. He was a Super Bowl champion uh, in uh, uh, Super Bowl uh, forty-five there with the uh, with the Packers. Um, four-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowler, Defensive Player of the Year in '09, Defensive Rookie of the Year in '98, two-time uh, NFL interceptions leader in '09 and 2011. Uh, member of the 2000s All-Decade Team. Uh, won the Art Rooney Award, uh, yeah, just uh, crazy. And he is—he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, folks. He is in the College Football Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But just, uh, just, just an amazing uh, player. I mean, he's—he's—he's he's, he's a Raiders and a Packers legend. You know, not not many times uh, does uh, uh, one player that plays for more than one team become a legend on both teams. But this guy is. Uh, you know, he. Uh, He's the only player in NFL history with at least 60 interceptions and 20 sacks. Um, uh, what's it called? So, it, uh, in, uh, as of when, as is a retirement <laughs> in 2015. So, <laughs> uh, but I don't think anybody's done it since, though. But he did it uh, as of his retirement in 2015. He uh, he was that. So, anyway, there you go. Number 10, Charles Woodson. 
Mr. Harry Lugnuts, could you bring us to number nine? Number nine is Mr. Jack Tatum, probably best known for his time with the Oakland Raiders, played one year with the Houston Oilers towards the end of his career. This guy was, I mean, his nickname was the assassin. He didn't have as long as a career as I thought he did. It seemed like he was around, uh, you know, for a while there, but he was probably the hardest hitting safety certainly of that time and maybe maybe the hardest hitting safety with the exception of Ronnie Lott to ever play the game. He was just an incredibly aggressive player who just blew <laughs> blew the heads off wide receivers and oh, tight yeah. ends. Uh, from Passaic, New Jersey. Uh, you know, he was a Super Bowl champion with the Raiders, three-time pro bowler. Uh I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame either, but he just he just goes down as one of those guys who has some really incredible hits, hits that would not be allowed today in today's game. I mean, I think in, in the Super Bowl, he literally knocked the helmet off a Vikings receiver, uh, which is you know one of the most famous hits in the history of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So Jack Tatum, uh, you know, just – the assassin. I think that says says it all right there. Right there. Absolutely. There you go. Number uh, number nine, Jack Tatum. Uh, why don't you bring us to number eight there, Mr. Radio Pete? Uh, number eight is, um, oh, it's the man with his own island. There you go. That's there you go. One of my favorite Jets. Uh, yeah. Probably one of any. He's a real, he, he, was, he was a great Patriots, too. You had you had to <laughs> don't harsh my mellow man. <laughs> it's uh, Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis Island. of Revis Island uh, from the Jets. A couple of stints with the Jets, uh, 07 to 2012, and then 15 and 16. Uh, he was with Tampa Bay in 2013 and New England in 2014, and then the Chiefs in 2017. Uh, four times uh, a first team All Pro, seven time Pro Bowler. Uh, did get a ring with the Patriots, of course. Um, Twenty? No, he had more than twenty-nine ints, didn't he? That's a misprint. Yeah, he definitely did. Uh, it's fifty-four or something like that. Uh, Forty-six. I forget. It was a lot. Um, and this other stat that's on this page: uh, four hundred and eleven tackles. Um, listen, he's. I had him on my list. He, he you could make a case that maybe he. Didn't have the most impressive stats, but he was just a guy for years. You just didn't throw against him. Revis Island. Revis Island. You know, you would you'd literally kind of take half the field out of the equation or and and you know match him up against whoever the opposing offense's best receiver was. And you knew that they were even the great ones were pretty much going to be limited uh against him. So he was just, you know really kind of the epitome of, uh, of the shutdown corner. Yeah. Uh, you just didn't want to throw his way. And as good as a lot of DBs are, um, they still got thrown at at times, but you know, listen, he, unfortunately there was a little bit of um, not a ruckus, but some bad feelings at times with the jets and uh, you know, they had to make a decision about letting him go, but still one of the most beloved Jets and like uh, faster and more physical 
uh, than maybe people realized. You know, like oh well, he's he's not a tackler, but he had no. more, he had speed he had more than four hundred tackles. But it was his ability to turn and keep with receivers that were you know. I mean, he what did they say? You know, uh, Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did, but did it backwards and in heels. I mean, yeah. that's sort of what it's like in today's. You know, he's 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 more of a current player, and there's so much speed with these receivers now, and you're not allowed to be physical. And so the fact that he was that good of a defender just proved how sound he was technically yeah. and how he used his speed and his positioning. He was really good at positioning himself and, and getting between the ball and the, and the receiver. And I, I think he's been the best in the last 10 years for sure. Absolutely. There you go. Number eight, Darrell Rivas. I'll take number seven. Number seven is Dick Night Train Lane. Uh, Richard Lane, as you would imagine, is nicknamed Night Train uh, was uh, uh, well, Night Train was his nickname. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, he played for the Rams for two years, just for two years. And uh, he's undrafted in '52, and went to the Rams. Uh, '52 and '53 played for the Rams, and he went to the Chicago Cardinals for six years. And then I think he played his uh, most uh, memorable. I played decent years with the Cardinals, but um, yes, that's right, folks. Those of you that aren't aware, uh, the Cardinals were actually in Chicago. That's where they started, uh, and. Uh, they only went to St. Louis, yes, even St. Louis, uh, in the 60s, and then uh, in the 80s went to uh, Phoenix. But the bulk of their time, longest time, was in Chicago. But in any event, uh, Night Train Lane wound up in uh, Detroit, played his most memorable, more of his memorable uh, years were uh, uh, in, in Detroit. Seven-time Pro Bowler, uh, seven-time first-team All-Pro, uh, two-time NFL interceptions leader uh, early in his career. Um, remember the 50th anniversary team, 75th anniversary team, 100th anniversary team, uh, 50s all-decade team. He's in the Arizona Cardinals Ring of Honor, and he is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He uh, he, he had a technique. His technique was like the foundation uh, for like textbook cornerback play as we know it. Uh, he had a bait-and-switch style uh, that would make quarterbacks think that they had an open receiver, and all of a sudden there he was, <laughs> ready for the pass the second it was released. Fourteen interceptions, right? His rookie year. Uh, Fourteen is rookie year. Yep. Yeah. He uh, sixty total of sixty-eight interceptions over his career. He had sixty-eight interceptions in his career, uh, which lasted fourteen years. Um, so that's 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 pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, his he he had great coverage skills and he was a hard hitter. Um, it was like a a train was coming at you. So there you go. Number number four. I'm sorry. Number four. Number seven. Dick Night Train Lane. Uh, Mr. Uh, Harry. Yes. To number six. Why don't you put the ticker up there so I know exactly who number six is? Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I guessed right. I guessed right. I number six, know. also known as six B on our list, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, when we had 19 players on the top that's ten. Right. That's, <laughs> Is uh, Mr. Emlyn Tunnell, who is a past old balls recipient, if my memory is correct. Yes, yes. And this guy was just look. He was just incredible. He was he was the first African American to play for the New York Giants, and he was the first African American to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. He kind of reinvented the, the you know being a defensive back in some ways. He. He, he had 79 career interceptions and he, he had over 1200 return yards on interceptions. I mean, that's, 
and he had, you know, he was a punt returner, two-time NFL champion, nine-time Pro Bowler, and part of the, you know, the 50th and 100th anniversary all-time team. He was, there's not, he, for that era, he was not only, I think, one of the best, if not the best defensive back, but he was one of the best football players. I mean, he just turned games around. And um, he knew the game. He was, he was, a, he was a smart guy. Uh, and, uh you know, one of the best New York Giants of all time, for sure. And went on to play for a, a coach by the name of uh, Vince Lombardi with the Green Bay Packers. So, um, won an NFL I, championship with him, too. Yeah, won it with both teams. And uh, pretty pretty amazing. Died died way too young, but he was, uh, yeah. he was a fantastic football player. You think about what he was doing in the time that he was doing it oh, and yeah. those numbers. And he's, is he still number two on the interceptions? I think so. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, I mean, that's just unbelievable. He was, he was, he was a big guy, you know, he, he they used to call him defensive halfbacks back then. Which, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of different. There wasn't really cornerbacks then it was sort of, it was a different game in a lot of ways. So you had to be more physical. You were definitely involved in the running game. I mean, he was, a, he was six, four, you know, two hundred. Yeah, there were pounds. There were big guys that played on defense nowadays. Yeah. If you're, you know, over six two, yeah. uh, you're almost exclusively a receiver. Most of the right. backs are, are smaller, right? But yeah. back in those days, they were big, bigger guys in the secondary. Yeah, he, he was he was one of the he's one of the best I think football players. You know, if you're doing a top one hundred or two hundred football players, he'd definitely be on that list. Absolutely, no, he would be, and and he's on most of those lists almost every time they they're doing a. Uh, they're doing a uh, you know top 100 players of the 1900s or whatever yeah. you know he's he's always there yeah. uh, and he's high up on the list too uh, yeah. it's just it's just an amazing talent yeah the sporting news had him number 70 in the, the list of the 100 greatest football players so i mean emlyn tanell number 6b <laughs> i don't know number, number 6 for number 6 for uh, uh for this list but number number 6, six number, for the bullet Number six, number six, B in in your programs. Number six in your hearts. Nah. That's it. There you go. All right, uh, Mr. Radio P. Why don't you take us to number five? Is this is this the champ? That would be him. All right, Champ Bailey. Um, uh, first off, I'll just say Champ Bailey was a guy that uh, I, I don't know if there was any. Well, obviously, fans who hated uh, the Denver Broncos uh, might have hated him, but uh, Champ Bailey was just a great player. Just somebody that uh, I had a lot of respect for. Uh, as a as a player, as an individual, um, and uh, one of the best uh, started his career with Washington in 1999. Went to Denver and played there from 04 to 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame, three time first time All Pro, 12 time Pro Bowler, 12, uh, 909 tackles, 52 interceptions, um, which is a pretty darn good number, and. Um, uh, again, into the Hall of Fame in 2019. Uh, never won a Super Bowl, but I, that is not something that would, I think, uh, he was just too good to, you know, that, that's not going to keep him out of the conversation, I think, of pretty much yeah, anyone's top um, 10. I mean, imagine adding him to the latest Broncos championship team in that right. defense. Oof. Yeah. I mean, he was he was the cream of the crop. Um, I, you know, I don't, for, for a number of years, I don't think there was a, literally not a better cornerback in football no uh, I mean, for some of those years he's the he was the most dominant cornerback this century yeah you know i mean 
Yep. The old champ. Old champ. Champ Bailey. That would be our number five. I will take number four. Number four will be Mr. Mel Blount. Melvin Cornell Blount. Uh, he uh, was drafted in the third round, pick 53 in the 1970 draft. Um, he, uh, by the Steelers, played his entire career with Pittsburgh, 14 seasons. Uh, he was four-time Super Bowl champion. He was a member of all of those uh, Super Bowl teams. Uh, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro, four-time second-team All-Pro, defensive player of the year in 75, uh, NFL defensive player of the year in 75, AFC defensive player of the year in 75, NFL defensive I'm sorry, NFL interceptions leader in 75. Uh, that was a good year for him, 75. Uh, 75th anniversary team, 100th anniversary team, 80s all-decade team. Uh, he was on the 80s all-decade team. He only played you know, at the beginning of the, the, uh, the 80s. Um, 57 interceptions. Uh, he got 737 interception yards, two touchdowns with those interceptions. Run back. Remember the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Mel Blount, uh, he, he's, those, those steel curtain defenses would not have – been as it would have been dominant but wouldn't wouldn't have been as dominant without without Blount there for those years uh he was just uh you know uh, he had those guys on the on the line and the linebackers and and Blount was behind them and they all knew that you know Mel was back there um yeah just uh love to watch him play that uh, those still those Steelers 70s Steelers defensive units insane just hmm be so nice to have a time capsule and make them play the Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> with the old seventies rules, you know. Right. <laughs> Just have Jack Ham come out with all his elbow pads on and uh anyway. They that were would good. be they, they were and they were insane. I would love to see that too. I yeah. they, they they should EA Sports should actually yeah. pull something like that up. Just uh like right. nineteen seventy five Steelers defense versus the two thousand twenty uh Chiefs offense. Yeah, you know, just or 2009, well, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that, that could be a last man standing situation. Yeah, probably. And there's one guy left standing on the field. <laughs> probably would be a stealer because, you know, of that era. But l- listen, the thing about Blunt, again, we were talking about big guys, you know, uh, who, who played cornerback. He was, what, 6'4", right. right? Went about yeah. 205 or 210. Uh, yeah, he, so he would he would have been a safety today, maybe even a linebacker. I mean, you know, yeah, he, I would say he would probably be a linebacker because of yeah. his fearsomeness. But you know, he was when you when when Mel Blunt gave you the bump and run, he gave you a real bump. You you know, <laughs> you were not going any, you were going backwards for a yard uh, before you started moving forward. Yeah, and, yes, kids. Back in the day, the defensive player was allowed to sometimes touch the <laughs> offensive player. Yeah. Um, you can kind of get in his way. And look, if you look at those great Steeler defenses, right, and you say, okay, you're going to start a team, you can take any one guy from the Steeler defense. Yeah. I don't know what the percentages would be, but there would be, a, I would think, a healthy percentage that would say, I'll take Mel Blunt first. Yeah. He, he kind of goes a little forgotten on that team as because there are just so many all-stars. I mean, you have somebody like Mean Joe Green who, and Jack Ham and Jack Lambert. And, I mean, the, he was he was not as flamboyant or – publicized as much as those guys but he was uh yeah he, he's one of the best obviously number four on our list right. number four mr not four a not four a no just four four on his own absolutely number four on our list and number four ever in our hearts mr. Mel Blunt. all right mr uh, harry lugnuts why don't you take us to number three number three who would probably tell you he was number one but oh he'll definitely tell you he's number one mr i saw him rank number one on a as couple he's of sti- lists. as yeah. he's stealing your pizza 
Yeah, stealing your pizza. <laughs> stealing your pizza. Mr. Dion, primetime Sanders, who, you know, he, he was good. He won a Super Bowl with with uh, the 49ers and the and the Cowboys. Yeah. Um what was he? A two-time Super Bowl champion, eight-time Pro Bowler, six-time first team all pro, uh NFL defensive player of the year in 94, 90s all decade team. He was also a hell of a punt returner. Yeah. And um you know, he's on the NFL 100th anniversary all-time team. 53 interceptions. Here's what's really phenomenal about him is that he had 10 t- defensive touchdowns in his career and nine return touchdowns. He also had 60 receptions so uh, and three receiving touchdowns. So he was, he was one of these guys who was a triple threat in a lot of ways and was just a, a great – defensive back. He just couldn't throw his way. There were five, six years there where no one would, you know, we talk about Darrell Revis and we talk about other cornerbacks on this list. He was the one who really changed the game where it was like, you you just don't throw towards Deion Sanders because he was that athletic and had that much skill. And he had the flamboyancy. He, he, He would make today's wide receivers who you think are the most flamboyant people on the planet seem tame. He was just, you know, he was he was a personality. He was uh, he was good for for ratings, that's for sure. <laughs> and I have, and he's been, and he's a pretty good commentator. I mean, yeah, yeah he's he has. If you really listen, <laughs> there's some information yeah. there, and he he does break it down pretty pretty. He, he does he does it pretty well. Yeah, what, once, once you kind of get past, yeah. Dion, I tried, you know, I, tried, yeah. Dion. I mean, listening to him and Randy Moss talk about football is always like, all right, you know, I gotta, I gotta somehow find, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Decipher that was for what's going on. Yeah. Look, right. he, I think you could make the argument that he may have been the certainly amongst or maybe the greatest athlete who ever played football. Well, he was a hell of a baseball player. You know, he was yeah. a great, it was a good baseball. He just he did yeah. everything, and he was a threat in so many ways. You're right. Yeah. You just didn't throw to him, and you didn't want to kick to him. Well, they ran trick you know. plays with him, and you know, uh, and, and he right, he could do anything, and he was you so incredible. You don't want, you don't want to throw there, you don't want to punt to him. Yeah, I mean, nope. he was, he was and, a multiple, you know, multiple threat. Uh, he, not not big on tackling. No. Again, <laughs> he, was, he was he was the beginning of this new era of cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard, it's, hard, it's, hard, it's hard for me to say that he's the best cornerback of all time because I think that position has changed. But within the last 20 years, 15, 20 years, or what, maybe even longer now. 30 years. What, 30 years. Um, since that position changed and since the rule changes, there's been nobody. I mean, I think you talk about him and Darrell Revis. You know, some of the other guys on our list were kind of a little bit you know, Champ Bailey would certainly be, really be up there, but he he was he's probably on most people's list the best cornerback of all time. Yeah, because he he, re, he sort of was one of those guys who was part of reinventing that position, and he took it to another to another. He did. There was there was you never saw the safety creeping over for double coverage with when Deion Sanders was on. He didn't have to. Never. No. And that's what made that's what made both of the, that Forty ers team that he was on and. The Dallas teams, it, it gave them an advantage that you, you just don't see very often. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tried to uh, – I, I was hoping that would fall into uh, you, uh, uh, Pete, uh, reading him because, you know, of course – No, it's okay. That's okay. I, don't have, but, I don't have to have every cowboy. But you know what? I put up the pictures too. I put up there. I figured you'd like this one, you know, right? But you wouldn't want him in that picture, right? 
He was great on the Falcons. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So then, then I figured, okay, maybe you'd like him better in the San Francisco. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but you have one of him in a Jets uniform. No, but I got one. I got this one. (laughs) See, that's maybe the best one of all. (laughs) Look, here's the thing about Prime. For all the bluster, uh, here you and, go. Here's your picture. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you know him so well that it's just prime. Huh? First, just prime. first, first well, name basis, half a first first nickname basis. We, we haven't <laughs> talked in a while, but we're you know we still exchange uh, holiday cards. Uh, the thing about uh, prime time was he delivered. You know, for all the bluster and all the talk and the jewelry and all. I mean, if you go back and look at clips, that's uh, it was just crazy ridiculous. Well, of course, he delivered. We, but he yeah. delivered every time. You know, it wasn't all but talk. We love, we, all love, we, we love sports figures like that. I mean, Joe yeah. Namath, Reggie Jackson. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, when, when players like that can deliver, people most people love it. Yeah. If you talk the talk and then you walk the walk, you will be loved. You will be. I mean, he's definitely the opposite of somebody coming up on our list here. Maybe the next two on our list, yeah, but uh, probably both yeah. of them. Actually, both yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all right. Well, there you go. Number three, primetime Dion Sanders. All right, uh, Mister Radio P. Why don't you bring us to number two? Well, let's uh, talk about number two. Um, best known, of course, for his time in Pittsburgh. It's uh, Rod Woodson. Um, second Woodson on our list. Yeah, the second Woodson. Woodson on, and the, the slightly better of the two Woodsons, I would say. Um, he played 17 years, I think, all told. Uh, 238 games, 71 interceptions. And this is a number that really jumped out at me. Uh, 1,483 return yards. Yeah, more, um, even more than Dion. Yeah. And uh, over the course of his career in various capacities, 12 touchdowns. So, um, look, Pittsburgh from 87 to 96. San Francisco in 97, he played with Baltimore uh, uh, when they were the Ravens, or should they say the Ravens when they were in Baltimore, and uh, Oakland uh, to end his career in uh, 02 to 03. Six times, first time, uh, first team All-Pro, 11-time Pro Bowler, uh, champion with the Ravens in uh, 2000 there, 1,163 tackles, so nearly 1,200 tackles, 71 interceptions, uh, 13 and a half sacks. 75th anniversary team member, Hall of Fame class of 2009, and the NFL 100 all-time team. Um, he was Dion without the bluster in a, a number of ways before Dion was Dion, and more uh, and more and more physical, and much more physical. Uh, you know, nobody really worried too much about getting hit by Dion Sanders uh, because he wasn't interested in hitting anybody. Woodson was a guy who could take your head off. And yeah. great on the blitz, which is uh, something you don't get to say about a whole lot of cornerbacks, even the really good ones. Yeah. Um, uh, just a, a, a monstrous presence out there, and um, he kind of floated. He, you know, when yeah. I think when I think of him, I think of him as a, sometimes a cornerback, sometimes a safety. You know, in nickel packages, he was kind of maybe more of a safety at times. Um, one, he, right, he, one of those guys that could kind of read the situation and just. Yeah, that's uh, a player of the year in '93. By the way, I forgot to, I forgot to add that. He was he was doing Dion things before Dion was Dion. Yeah, you know. And uh, listen, when uh, he had a contract holdout with the Steelers uh, in '87 as a rookie, and he was racing in uh, track and field competitions, doing the high hurdles <laughs> while he was holding out, and it wasn't because he was anybody at that point. 
it was because he was good enough to make it on the team. Sure. So, uh, you know, just a, an incredible athlete. Uh, again, a, a great athlete who was a great uh, player as well. Yep. Number two, Rod Woods. And, and of course, yeah. can't really see the pose. The pose. Whatever That's it right. is. Um, and uh, I think that was the last time that. Um, that. Um, never mind. <laughs> I'm probably going to say something that's wrong, so I'm not going to say it. All right. Come on. <laughs> say it anyway. Why nope, not? Nope, nope, nope. Just uh, deny it. I've just, already done that four times. You can deny it. There's no facts. I'll edit it out if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to edit anything You think this out. is a factual show? <laughs> he, was also, he was also the first champion of Dancing with the Stars. We just told everybody okay. that it was eight days in a week before. I mean, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Well, yeah, but no one can really check that. That's true. <laughs> No one can fact check that fact. Number two, Rod Woodson. All right. I'll take number one. Number one. uh, Number one was number one on all of our lists. Lusts? (laughs) Number one was number one on all of our lists. Mr. Ronnie Lott. Mr. Ronald Mandel Lott. Uh, I think he's related to Howie. Not sure, but... Ronald Mandel Lott, Ronnie Lott. Uh, he was drafted in the first round, eight pick in 1981 by the 49ers. He played 10 seasons for the 49ers, and he played a couple of years for the Raiders, and he played a couple of years for the Jets. Yeah, a couple yeah. of decent years. Yeah, and then, uh, then he uh, bounced around uh, for a couple of off seasons, and, and that was it. So he pretty much finished up his career playing in, uh, playing in meaningful football with the Jets. So, but, uh, but yeah, uh, and, and he's number one on our list, uh, four time Super Bowl champion. Uh, he won four Super Bowls, uh, with all, the 49ers. All, all with the 49ers. All with the 49ers. Absolutely. Does he, does he have the most Super Bowl wins on our list, or does, did Woodson, uh, was he, uh, not Woodson, uh, Blount, but they Blount. both had four. They both had four. They both had four. So, yeah. Um, yeah, 10 years, uh, 10 years, uh, 10, uh, Pro Bowl appearances, uh, eight time first team All Pro. Uh, two-time NFL receptions, interceptions uh, leader. Um, remember the 75th anniversary team, 100th anniversary team, uh, first team NFL 1980s all-decade team, second team NFL 1990s all-decade team. His number 42 in San Francisco is retired. He's in the San Francisco Hall of Fame. Uh, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, 1,146 tackles, um, 63 interceptions, uh, 730 interception return yards. He was he was a freak athlete, and he could close on a play as, as fast as anyone, if not faster than anybody else. Oh yeah. Do you, do you yeah. think defense defenses changed that year? He came in. He came into the league the same year as Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Defense was definitely between between LT and 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 Lot. It, it was it was a defensive year in that draft. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Lot had an uncanny ability to kind of sniff out. He, what the play was going to be, and, and, and a, I'm sure it was just a yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, his but, football uh, IQ was his football IQ was was better than most. Yeah, <laughs> and know, he wasn't but, always right. Quarterbacks. <laughs> he wasn't always right, but when he was right, it, it was usually yeah. complete disruption uh, for whatever that play was. And receivers course, were the, receivers were afraid of him. Well, yeah, you know, and look, well, there's the pinky thing. Yeah. You know, just he cut off part of his finger because he didn't want to go through surgery and miss playing time. Exactly. Uh, has he ever confirmed that that? I mean, I, we know he's missing part of his finger, but he is. Has he ever confirmed that that's actually what happened? Uh, I not. He never confirmed it to me. 
So I mean, I don't know how why. I certainly believe that it happened. I don't know why I'm you would lose sure. half of your pinky if I'm that sure. wasn't the case. But. I think he just lost it in somebody's face mask and didn't realize it until realize after it, the game. Realized it after the game. It was a little it, wet and made a little bit. Story the next week. Yeah, my yeah, hand. My hand rather, rather, rather than have surgery, I decided to cut it off. But yeah, those. I mean, they. <laughs> they uh, uh, receivers, uh, the, a quarterback went over the middle to a receiver. That receiver knew damn well he was getting laid out <laughs> by a lot. It was, uh, he was, um, he, he was, he was a monster, uh, and and rightfully so. He was just uh, insane in that secondary of, uh, of of Frisco, and I mean he was still playing great for the Raiders and for the Jets. You know, he had he had a couple great years with the Jets at the end of his career there. Yeah, I mean he he was at the end of his career, but he was in no way, shape, or form a shell of his former self. He no, was, not at all. Know, not in top form, but uh, he was an old man by that time. Hey. But he was still a valuable contribution and big part of the success that the Jets did have when he there was with go. the team. Awesome. Well, there you go. There's our number one defensive back. And, right, and time. and we we never mentioned this, but on top of all these honors that all these players have, uh-huh. Ronnie Lott now has the unique distinction of being number one on our list. He's number one on our list. He may not ever know. He's definitely tweeting it as we speak. We'll tweet it at him later. We'll tweet it at him later. Yeah, we'll we'll let him know. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's... It's it's the dubious honor of being number one on our list. He could throw all his other accolades out the window. Done. Out the window. And say, I don't... Super Bowls, yeah, those are nice. But this Logger Room Sports Podcast voted me number one DB of all time. On Festivus 2020... Probably what I'm most proud of. Consensus number one. Consen- I think, yeah. Consensus number one. I think absolutely. if he knew that, he would probably say that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I know Prime is excited. Prime is excited. Prime. Well, he's just he's, he's 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 arguing right now. Prime's excited. Yeah, Ron, yeah. Ronnie will be equally as excited. Definitely. That's right. I imagine. Yeah, that's I imagine. right. That's right. There we Come go. On. Top ten. There you go. Top ten, Mister Ronnie Lot. All right. Well, that that brings us to our favorite segment of the week that would be what would that be do you know what that be i hope you do oh, hope, the, hope the engineer knows what it is oh i know what it is that would be this oh, there, there you go <laughs> so why don't you tell us who this week's old balls is there mr you Harry? know for the first time since we started doing this this week we have a pair of balls <laughs> and a pair of old balls <laughs> And the reason for that, the reason for that is that I think these two guys, you know, if we did a top 15 or 20 list, these guys, one of these guys, maybe both would have been on, on, on that list. And when I think back to the late seventies, early eighties and defensive backfield tandems, I don't think there was anyone better than Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes. And Mike Haynes was probably the better overall player. Uh, he was a nine-time Pro Bowler. I think he had, you know, over sixty interceptions. Uh, maybe, maybe not quite that many. But forty-six. Forty-six. Okay, so, so uh, you know, and but they together, Hayes and Haynes were just so dominant. And Lester Hayes is probably more renowned or more known throughout history because number one, he was he, he was referred to as the Judge and Lester the Molester. Just because of his coverage, you know, he was incredibly physical and all over you. And also because there was a rule instigated because of him outla- out outlawing the use of stick 'em. 
this guy used so much sticking. He just basically sticking was this product that you basically put on your hands to, to help you with the grip. He it basically it was glue. He put it on his hands, on his arms, on his shirt, on his neck. I mean, <laughs> he was made of. He was you know when they weighed him without sticking, he was five pounds lighter. He was, but he was a hell of a player at that time. He was just one of the best at the position. And, you know, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Raiders, five-time Pro Bowler, NFL Defensive Player of the Year in 1980. And there's some argument that, you know, maybe the stickum helped him because he he led the NFL with 13 inter- interceptions. Um and I think, you know, his interception numbers obviously dropped off after he could no longer use the stickum. But, um, yeah, he's uh, – he is – I just think these two guys were two of the most interesting. And when you, if you look back on those Raiders teams, they were just a bunch of characters. And these, these guys were definitely two of the more interesting. You kind of had the straight guy with Hayes and the, and the, the rambunctious pre-Dion nut job. I think he once called himself the only, he was a big star Wars fan and he once called himself the only real Jedi. (laughs) So there you go. This week's old balls. First pair of balls. First Mike Haynes and Lester Hayes. Haynes and Hayes. Haynes and Hayes. And they were, they were uh, a precursor to uh, Revis and Cromartie. Right. uh, They really were. You know? Yeah. Although they had less children. They did. That's right. (laughs) Uh, but um, <laughs> and Mike 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 Haynes, by the way, I mean he's a, he's a Raider legend, but his number forty is actually retired by the Pats too. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, and listen, um, it used to have so much stickum. Like if if the ball bounced off the receiver's hand and like would hit him in the shoulder, it would stick to his uniform. Well, the, the receivers were the ones. <laughs> right? The receivers were the ones who were using it. So we never talk about receivers' numbers going down it. Because wasn't it Blitnikoff or somebody who turned him onto it? So anyway, it doesn't I think matter. so. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. But still, he—you're right. He was—he was doing more than putting a little bit on his hands. It was. Oh, yeah. If the yeah. ball touched him anywhere on the top half of his body, that but, ball was basically going to stick. But he was literally all over you like glue. I mean, he right, was. Right. But he, I don't right, think there's exactly. anyone who covered people more closely. Like he was on you at the line of scrimmage, and he never—you never got separation from the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he right. He was in position to get a hand or or an elbow or whatever it was on the ball in the first place. Or some and, and those guys in particular, they 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 put the dagger in in the heart of uh, a couple of Cleveland Browns teams. Yeah, they yeah. certainly did. They certainly did. Nemesis, nemesis yeah. of a lot of good football teams. There you, go. there you go. This week's old balls. Old balls. All right. And there you have it. Um. Not, not much else. I mean, NBA started. Uh, there's not much going on in uh, in uh, uh, in the world. In, in the world, there's not much. Well, going I, on I, I just want to say, I just want to say, I'm excited uh, sure. about, about the Nets looking good. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, there's not much going on in MLB. I mean, there's there, we're pretty much where we were last week as far as any hot stove conversation goes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, other than the fact that the Mets reached out to DJ Lemayhu, but I I think that's just a uh, uh, just because they had to, you know, I don't, I don't think there's yeah. anything that the Yankees should be worrying about on that one. Uh, Harry, you, you, wor- you worried, Harry? I'm not worried. What I am worried about is that I need to uh, jump off this and go to another engagement. So um, something important to do, huh? Something not, not really that important, but yes, it, it's it's a little <laughs> higher paying than. Uh, oh, all right. Than than this podcast, you know. <laughs> but um. 
You yeah. Put it for a raise. Happy Festivus and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. And um, you guys, please continue to talk about, you know, do a deep dive into the, uh, you know, how the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to look this year. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll, have, we'll have a team. We'll have a yes. We'll have a big NBA show next week. Uh, yes. you yeah, know, in, in the middle of uh, yeah. Our, what is there? Six games on uh, Christmas Day. There's a uh, five games on Christmas. Five Day. games. Five. Yeah. Five. Uh, plus, and, plus the, the, and the Knicks plus are the not one of them. No. Plus, there's two <laughs> two old guys playing at the schoolyard at this uh, is true too. ten thirty a.m. for the early game. If you're interested. Well, I think the three on three championship is during halftime of one of those. That's right. NBA That's right. games. Yeah, but so. uh, yeah, but the the three the the three that are taken on are they're taking on us. The three of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even the coin's not picking us. <laughs> the coin's not picking us. On all. all right. Well, we'll miss right. you. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Happy Festivus. Happy Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. And we will talk to you next Wednesday, Mr. Lugnuts. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. All right. Uh, Yeah, he had to uh, to bail and jump onto another another project. Another project. Uh, It's a work thing, I think. It's a work thing. It's a work thing. It's a work thing. He, you know, he, he, he works. He does things other than this, you know. We can't, you know, unlike you and I, we can't all be supported by this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's so. true. Well, but, so anyway, what I was saying is, uh, and we'll talk about the Mets in a second, because I know there's not there's only two games in the NBA, and who cares about the Clippers and the Lakers? That means nothing. And really, the Nets and Golden State doesn't necessarily mean anything, other than the Nets looked very good. They did. They did. And- they looked great. He, he didn't look like he was out for a year and a half. He really didn't. You yeah, know. he hadn't played in – 500 and some odd days. Yeah. And he, uh, listen, I'll like KD. Day. Listen, you get the people on the radio today talking about the Nets and how they're now the favorites in the East. And I, it's, certainly there's some truth to that, I think, but it's a little premature. Right. But I'll just say this uh, everybody pretty much is agreeing right now. Forget about James Harden going to Brooklyn. They're no. better off without him. And they're better without him because they're better of without depth. Him. And uh, because you know they, they're gonna have to give up so much, they're probably the deepest team in the East right now. They, they, they're players that they have, and the players that, and, and and some of the players, if not one or more of the players that the Rockets would want back, they're, they're they they don't need to get rid of them. They need to no, stay, listen, they need these, to stay there. These are right. These are guys that would be starters anywhere else, and sure. I, I would say you know between Dinwiddie and probably Levert, yeah. um, those guys are like borderline all stars. Uh, and and would go somewhere else and probably be, you know, number two uh, or number three uh, scoring option. Certainly in the case of uh, Levert. Exactly. So keep them there. Keep that depth. You get depth. You got uh, you know Kyrie and KD are both shooters. You got uh, you got Joe Harris who can shoot the lights out of it when he, when he's on. Sure. And you got that. You got a super deep bench. So listen, we're going to see how they match up against Milwaukee yeah. I mean, and all yeah. that. But I mm-hmm. and Steve Nash, you would think is going to get better as a coach. Sure. You know, I think so, I, I think you're probably looking at your your uh, your Eastern Conference uh, championship game between. I, I, it would be my pick. I mean, even I'm not picking it just because they you know played so well against the Warriors last night, but but I I think they got the chemistry and I think they got it right. Uh, but I think I think Milwaukee's still going to be there. Um, I, I think and, so too. And you can I mean you can talk about the Heat, but I for some reason I'm just I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the Bucks and the Nets being your. Uh, being your two top teams in the East. The Heat need to bring in a superstar, you know? And listen, Jimmy Butler, I don't think gets enough credit. I mean, I think you could label him a superstar. Yeah. 
in no, he terms. doesn't. He doesn't get enough credit. No, he. No, I mean, look, they they play as a team, and they do a lot of things right. The Miami Heat do, and that's what got them to the finals. And honestly, the only chance they had, and uh, the games that they won against LA was when Butler went off. Yeah. And you really Absolutely. can't expect him to do that night after yeah, night after night. Can't. So, but they could. But bringing in the, the right person, and I don't think it'll be James Harden. But, <laughs> it's not going to be Harden. Um, <laughs> could turn them into very, a very formidable team. Harden mm-hmm. going to Philly, and teaming with Embiid. Uh, you know what? That would be that would be a very you know like the East could get. Hmm. I, I don't see much coming out of Boston. Um, we'll see. They've got uh, what do they have? Tatum. Is in Boston now, or Simmons? I don't know. One of those guys. No. Um, but there's no Haywood, although he was injured and didn't really do much for them last year. No. no. And uh, yet to see what uh, Milwaukee should be a better team with Drew Holiday uh, joining Antetokounmpo. Yeah, and company out there. So, but to me, the East is up and coming. You've got a bunch of teams who, again, probably going to go up against the Lakers and lose. <laughs> uh, but... once once maybe i mean but you know what it's going to be the same thing i mean you look at what you know that like the warriors and the cavaliers uh a couple of years ago you know they'll go up against uh, yeah. somebody a couple teams in the east they'll go up against the lakers and eventually they'll win and yeah. eventually and eventually the, the lakers will tail off and eventually lebron will retire <laughs> but right it's a matter of when but no, then the... not for another six years at least yeah but <laughs> but the nets are i mean last night's game durant had durant had 22 points uh, uh, Kyrie had uh, 26 points and Levert had 20 points yeah. between the t- between the three of them. They had 68 points. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, they had 48 in the first. And look, Golden 48 in the 48 first in the first quarter. quarter. Yeah, yeah. And Golden State is not the same without Clay Thompson. Um, mm. You know, they're they're going to be around, but I don't see them being um, particularly formidable out of the West. Mm. Uh, there's only so much that uh, Curry can do. You know what those numbers uh, say to me also is uh, is is spreading around. It's not like Durant needs all the needs all the, uh, right. the baskets, and right. uh, and and Kyrie too. I mean, they they, much, are, and, they they gave it to Levert as much as they 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 shot themselves. You know. Yeah, and 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 you know, again, Harris is a pretty good shooter, but Kyrie yeah. and KD those are the those are the shooters. Yeah. So you don't need to surround them with other guys that are known primarily for shooting. You can put some defense in there. You can put some D in there, absolutely. So, so they're a very well balanced, very deep team. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. And we'll, you know, as we always say, as long as everybody stays healthy, right? Uh, then but that you know, that goes for any team. But the West is also you know, the Lakers are gonna have a little more. Denver is up and coming. I Denver's think Denver's up and coming better. too. Uh Portland There's... is a team that you're gonna have to watch out for. Yeah. Uh the Mavericks are gonna see what you know, they might be ready to take a next There's step. Some, some good, we're gonna have some good basketball this year. We are. Yeah. They're, I they're, think it's going to be a very exciting NBA season. And you know what? I got to tell you, this is the first time, and I, and I may be speaking too soon, and I'm sure <laughs> a week or two, I could very well be taking this back. But I, I'm not, I, and, and make no mistake, I'm not saying it how it's going to come out, but I'm excited to watch Knicks basketball this year. And I'm not excited to watch Knicks basketball because I think they're going to win. You know, they're going to be formidable in the East. No, I'm excited to watch them because they're going to play decent basketball. These kids are, are pretty good. Uh, Toppin is, uh, I think, the right pick, you know, Barrett's Barrett's playing, uh, you know, decent ball. I mean, he wasn't, you know, it's going to get some help. Yeah. What did he uh, have last year? He, nobody. nobody. <laughs> exactly. 
you know. But, uh, you know, everybody and, and Thibodeau's bringing the defense. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. They're going to be they're going to be a team that, you know, OK, the next game's on. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> you know, it's going to be it, it's going to be decent basketball finally to watch in the garden for, you know, for the first time in what, eight years. <laughs> At least. I, well, look, I think if um, I think if Thibodeau is able to exert upon this team his game plan and his, you know, to get them to buy in to what he's selling then the Knicks are going to be a team that other teams are not going to want to play. Right. Not necessarily because they're going to win a lot of games, but because they are going to dog you and they are going to tire you out and they are going to be relentless defensively. And you know that you're going to go to war with the Knicks, even though they're not the most talented, uh, right. but but they're young right. and, and you know, fresh. And I think uh, with Tibbs uh, in charge, again, if they buy in, they're just going to be a team that is going to be going after everything, diving on the floor, into the stands, going for every rebound, uh, pushing it all the time, relentless. Right. And they're and, not going to uh, be—they're not going to be a team, you know. That you may, maybe they'll lose two thirds of their games or, or more, but they're not going to be—they're not going to be out of the games that they're losing. Yeah, so I they're think blown right. out. They're going to be competitive in all of the games they're going yeah, to play I think to that's some key. degree. Yeah, yeah. They, look, they're going to have off nights. They're going to have nights, and and again, they're young. They're going to have nights when they're out of sync. And you know, sometimes when you're a younger player, you don't you don't have that experience of getting yourself out of a funk. You're just right. kind of in a funk. You go, I don't know what to do. Whereas a guy who's been in the league for an extra four, five, six years kind of has a method for getting himself maybe uh, you know back to back to form when he's kind of down. But yeah. I, I I think they're going to be enjoyable to watch in terms of how they build and how they develop over the course of a season sure yeah i i agree they, they won't win a lot of games but this is a year i think you set the foundation right for what you want to be and the type of team you want to be and if you are successful at that even if it doesn't translate into a lot of wins you're going to have players in this league who may want to come to new york and be right. part of this, Finally. this is it. that's a team that plays the way i want to play and some of these, you know, bigger names, some of these right. superstars are going to say, I could go there and, and, and be, help them you know, get to the next level. Right. And, yeah, and, I could and, be a yeah. part, uh, you know, I could be the, yeah. the final piece that gets them over the hump. Right. I don't have to be the entire piece and this and the garden is sinking or whatever. The garden yeah, is I'm, solid, but right. I'm the piece that's going to put them over the edge. So it's going to be me, yeah. but they'll be there for me. With yeah, me I don't need to me. go and score, you know, 35 points a game because I know we're going to, our defense is tough. Right. We're, we're right. generally not going to have to score. We're going to hold other teams scoring down so that we don't have to score as many. And you get exactly. a couple of guys, you know, you get a big name and you get uh, one of those, you know, you get like a, a supporting player who, you know, does not, not quite the star level, but, you know, sort of right on the cusp of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You get a Jimmy Butler and, and you get a, you know, whoever's coming out, you get a big name. Listen, right. if the West gets tougher, uh, and the uh, and if the Lakers continue to dominate, you might have some guys who want to get the hell out of the West and head to the yeah. East. You know, you'll yeah. be competing with Brooklyn, but uh, still, they, they, and that might be more interesting to them because not only they, you know, they're they're out of the West, they can get there and go up against the Lakers, and, yeah, and they're competing with Brooklyn, and it makes New York attractive at that point all around. Right, yeah. You know, if you, if you can't ever get into the finals because the Lakers are always in your way, right. well, then you might want to go east where at least you might have a shot to get there, to right. get to the finals. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. We will see. 
Okay, we'll see. So we're two it. games in. We're two ga- We're we're two days in, and there's the, we'll we'll talk about you know there'll be five. There's five games on Friday, uh, you know, for basketball. I know I'll be watching some of them. I'll I'll be I'll be putting the Vikings Saints game on when that comes on. Oh yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah, I'll be going back and forth. I mean, you know, it's Christmas was always hey, you know what? When the Knicks game comes on, we got to watch the Knicks. But they haven't played on Christmas in a while. Yeah, no, it's been a while. <laughs> There's a reason for that. So let's get let's hope hopefully they can get back to that. So and listen, the Viking Saints might be a game you have to watch every second of it, and it yeah. ends is finally decided with two seconds left in the game, or it could be a game that's over by three minutes left in the first quarter. <laughs> right, you know? exactly. It has the possibility of going either way. Exactly. So, uh, baseball. Baseball. Um, eh, nothing's really changed. Not so much. Uh, Rio, apparently, uh, Rio Muto is uh, looking like he's going to wind up uh, staying in Philly. It's uh, a reunion is starting to shape up. Um, it, 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 it's come out that he was kind of counting on the Mets, <laughs> yeah, you know, taking him, and then they they went and they grabbed McCann, and uh, which I'm fine with, by the way. Uh, I'm, I think you are. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. You know. Uh, I, I'm they didn't need to spend of, the money on Ramuto. So. No, I, listen, I'm thinking they kind of wanted to um, to get McCann before somebody else did. There's right. a possibility, and Real Muto will probably get more money going back to Philly because there's a possibility that he might, uh, I think it was, it was a few years ago, was it Dallas Keuchel who like didn't get signed until until a month into the season? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it, was, it was Keuchel. It was Keuchel, yeah. Yeah, there's kind of been this, uh, you know, Real Muto is a guy that I could see maybe not getting signed and his price kind of dropping. Yeah. Uh, and the Mets, I think, probably made the right move. They might have been thinking, well, that might happen if we wait a little while. Right. But I think they just thought, we want Springer and we want Bauer, I think, more than Real Muto. Right. And McCann is... The, the numbers are, you know, there, and we, and we want to make sure we get McCann and we get him for ten million a year, mm-hmm. because we're going to spend, you know, twenty five on Springer or, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. how much uh, Bauer is going to be. Yeah. Well, that might be twenty five. I don't know what they're going to pay Springer for. A hundred million for five years, maybe. I don't know. 100, probably hundred for four or for five. Yeah, for four or five. Bauer's yeah. going to be more than that. So they right. said, let's not lose out on McCann, hoping that Real Muto drops down because maybe nobody's going to sign him maybe everybody's a little bit gun shy right um and like i said he might get more going back to philly than from anybody else hmm. yeah i agree so i think it was a good move to get uh, mccann i think it was a good move to get mccann too and they're 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 shaping up their uh their, their front office pretty decent too um just that uh when i mentioned before when harry was still on the show um uh, before he left that uh the mets did reach out to dj lemayhu I, I don't for them to sign I don't I don't expect anything to come of that. I mean they got they, I don't think they, so. they got a plethora of infielders. They don't need to spend the money on DJ. They don't. Um no. and, it might be nice to it would be nice it's nice to think about, but I mean I I, I want I want to see McCann. Not McCann. I want to see McNeil at uh, at second base. I want to see McNeil the everyday second baseman. I, I want to see Jeff McNeil stand there. Yeah. Uh DJ uh DJ. J D. <laughs> All these uh damn initials. Uh, JD at a uh, at third and probably rotating a little bit. I mean, getting Guillaume is is he's a great bench addition. I mean, I I don't I don't I wouldn't like to see them get rid of that guy uh, mm-hmm. because between third base, shortstop, and his bat, um, you know he's uh, 
he's a pretty uh, he's a pretty good player. But um, but yeah, ro- rotate in there. I mean, their infield is is pretty much set, you know, uh, for for the most part. I I didn't think that tra- uh, trading for uh, Lindor, uh, you know, giving up maybe uh, JD Davis and and uh, Jimenez uh, was was a good idea. You don't want to do that. You got these good young players. Why why? I mean, yes yes, Lindor is a, a here we talk about with, with Trevor Lawrence, a generational talent. Yes, he's amazing. He absolutely is. That doesn't mean that one of these guys can't be. And the 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 uh, the numbers are there. Uh, the the play is there. Um, spend the money in the places you need it. That's my point. You don't need the infield. You need catching. You need pitching. You need yep. you need bullpen. You need a center fielder. Go yeah. get that. You know. I, I, yeah, I would I would say amongst the you know projected starting infielders, maybe yeah. Davis is probably the guy that you might have the most question about. Sure. Sure. You know, but, or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe you don't think he has as high a ceiling as some of these other guys, right. but I wouldn't say it's to a point where you got to, where you're thinking about getting rid of him. You, you want to give him a little bit more time to develop because it could turn into a very, very. And I want to give him an everyday player. position too. I mean, right, you're, you're right. throwing yeah, in, he's an infielder and granted, he's not the best infielder in the world, but no. he's an infielder. He's not an outfielder and they're, show, they're throwing him out the left field, yeah. you know? So, yeah. but right. um, well, he gets a chance to, Play where his more natural position is. Sure, and play every day, and then you get it. You know, then you can really judge how he's going to develop, rather than shuffling him between the positions and uh, and, right. and potentially being a more of a part time player. So, exactly. yeah, I, I, I agree. They need more right. more in the outfield, and, and okay. they only need one spot in the outfield. Yeah, they need. Yeah, exactly. You only need to fill center, center field. field. That's it. So, and, you know, and you know what? If you if you really, really, really want Francisco Lindor, wait a year. Yeah. <laughs> he's a free agent. Yeah, you know. You know, unless he unless he signs throughout the year with whatever team he gets traded to, or if he stays in, in Cleveland, the Cleveland baseball team, I guess it's being called now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but the Cleveland uh, Nandians, the, the Nandians, the Nandians, the Nandians, non-Indians, non-Indians. Yeah, I, I wouldn't imagine. Well, where where is Lindor going to go? Where he's going to want to resign? Right, it's going to be point. a contender. And, and that's the then that's exactly my point. And if the Mets are going to turn into what we all hope and pray that they're going to turn into now, wherever he plays, even if he does wind up staying in Cleveland another year, it might be very attractive to him to go to the Mets. You know, and then and then they didn't, then they it, didn't have to then they can do something that they've never done before: be smart, not trade away young talent, and wait until he's a free agent, and go get him then. Yeah, and, and right, if he has another great year, you're going to want to test the waters. Right. You know, even if he's traded, you're not going to want to sign. Unless you feel like, well, this is a team that's going to the World Series next season, and right. maybe that's why he'll brought, be brought in, or sure. you know, uh, he's going to want to test the waters. Even Absolutely. if he goes somewhere and they go to the World Series and they win the World Series, he's probably going to want to test the free agency waters. Sure, Absolutely. and that may include the team that he gets traded to. Right, but yeah, that's that's where Cohen's deep pockets come in. Exactly. So I uh, that 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 I think is the perfect thing. I mean, you haven't heard much of that talk right now, so I think that's out of the water, and that's good. Yeah. Don't don't go for that. Go go out, sign Springer. Go out, sign Bauer. Get a couple more arms to the bullpen. Uh, you know, you, you you can pretty much balance out your rotation then because at some point Thor's coming back, right? He just signed a nine point seven million dollar extension. He's coming uh, back sometime so in the summer, right? At some so. point, uh, yeah, but hopefully before uh, before the All Star break, assuming that there is an All Star break. Um, you know, assuming that the season is somewhat yeah, closer to you're, normal. Your starting pitching is looking really good. Yeah. We'll see. Thor's probably not going to be Thor in his heyday. It's going to take no. a little while to get back, yeah. but but if you uh, got we, if you got uh, Degrom, Bauer, uh, Stroman, 
Thor, when he comes back, Matt's, if, I don't know if you heard, uh, there was an interview with uh, James McCann, and James McCann actually works out with Stephen Matz. Uh, he, has, he has actually worked out with Stephen Matz in the offseason. Uh, not even, you know, prior to being signed, right. obviously. Um, and uh, That know, might he, be one of the reasons. He's caught, he's caught bullpen sessions for Stephen Matz, and he thinks that Stephen Matz's stuff is, is dynamite, and he needs to just get, get work on some of his mechanics and, and, and mold things around, and, and, and he can be back to where he was headed in the beginning of his career. And that's, that's attractive. That's interesting, you know? So Well, and if you've got some cover for him, then you can give him some time to be out there, even if he's not at his best initially. You know, you don't have to give him. Well, we we gave him four starts and it's been rough, so now we're going to send him down. You can give him a little bit more time because you've got other quality pitchers. Right. Right. You know? So, and look, if if Lemayhu, if if it ever get you know if it gets serious that he's maybe coming to the Mets, you know that might be Cohen wanting to quietly stick it to the Yankees. Yeah, and even you know, I mean, said, he said he's not competing with them. Right, he said he's not competing with the Yankees, but how can he, he not can get an opportunity to get the batting yeah. champion? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hmm. um, eh, maybe, eh, maybe, yeah. but it's going to be, you know, it's going to cost. Right, but you you kind of know he's worth it. You know, he's not a flash in the pan. He's no. quality, solid player, and has been for a number of years. Right, so right. you know, it would it would be a lot of money well spent. I think. Well, they can they, then 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 that makes their bench deeper, um, you know, because then then he's at second base and you can move over, uh, move McCann. Uh, I keep saying that <laughs> McNeil over to third. Um, you got you got uh, so you got McNeil and Davis at third, uh, Davis and uh, Smith and uh, 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 what you call it? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nimmo, thank you. In left, uh, and then you got uh, right, right, right. You know, and you got uh. Well, look, is, is that Rosario a and Jimenez at short? You got you got a deep bench. You is know? that a terrible problem to have? Not at all. Not can at you all. ever? You know what I mean? Like you can't say, oh, we can't have too many guys that can play right. left field. You yeah. know, even obviously, you know who the number one guy is and who you sure. want there. Uh, you know, and and to see Nimmo continue to develop, but it's not. Uh, look, uh, Davis is not really a left fielder. You said that; that's true. Yeah. Um, but he can, you know, he can put him out there. But for his hit. bat, if if everybody else needs a break or day off, or if, if, yeah, if, exactly. uh, if Nimmo needs a day off at the same time, Alonzo needs a day off at first, and you got to put Smith over on first, right? Then you throw JD out there. I think, you know? um, I think McNeil is uh, he's a more natural second baseman than third baseman, right? McNeil's. A- more natural second baseman, yeah. yeah. So unless you're unless you're planning on moving Lemayhu over to third, which I think if you have the both of them, he's at second. Yeah, you know? he's at he's at second, and he's maybe going to spell yeah. uh, first base for Alonzo. Yeah, um, and and look, maybe you know, or maybe you just DH him when you're playing interleague games, or maybe you DH Alonzo, you know, whatever. Yeah, but you, look, you it, know, it's better to have more options than less. And you know what? Going forward, though, if they if if it, they do indeed not bring the DH into this into the National League this year, it's a foregone conclusion that in twenty twenty two, the DH is going to be in the National League. So you got to deal with a year of moving people around just to get their bat in the lineup, and then you don't yeah. have to worry about that. Then you got the DH, right. you know, right? So, yeah, because I don't think it's going to happen this year, right? I don't think it is. They said expect it not to. Who knows what Manfred's going to do? But uh, you know, because he he pulls stuff you know <laughs> out of the woodwork. Uh, you know, at last minute anyway, but uh, but it, I think it's a foregone conclusion that by by 2022, 
the DH is in the it's it, it's across the board. It's in the National League as well. So great, well, lovely. Take some of the uh, you know what it does take some of the game planning out and some of the strategy, but it also gives the Mets the advantage because they do have all those bats with you know only nine positions on the field, right? So, or eight technically because yeah, you're not talking about the pitcher. So, but um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Get some of those aging players a yeah. chance to continue to play. Um, Which I don't really look. Yeah, if you played Major League Baseball for twelve or fifteen years or whatever. Right. You've probably done pretty well for yourself. Pretty much. You probably you shouldn't really need to hang on for another two or three or four years as a DH. No. You should probably be able to ride off into the sunset uh and and enjoy the millions and millions of dollars that you've made over your career. Right. Even if you're not one of the best played players in the game, if you play for fifteen years, you got some bucks. You got some you got some money. <laughs> you got some money. You do. So um and a side note here, Mets were actually uh, James Paxton was having a workout this week. Mets were scouting him at it, so who knows what will come of that. Uh, but hey, you know what? It's another arm. Yeah, and and look, it's a what you know. The question is, when are we really going to see the free agent market start to move? Right. I think it's, it's going to be so later rather slow. than sooner. I think it's going to yeah. be later rather than sooner. At this point, I don't think you're going to start to see. It's going to be at least the third week in January, I'd say, before start, start stuff starts to like just blow up. You know, it's going to be, it'll, you know, it'll be, there'll be a signing next week. Then there'll be two the week after, and then three or four the week after that. And then, then you get to the third week in January. Then, then I think they'll, uh, things will pop up, but we'll see. Yeah. I think you're right though. Yeah. It's, it's going to be later than that. I mean, yeah. If it was earlier than later, it's never really middle ground. It's either really early and taken off or it's later in the, in the off season. And, and we're almost halfway through the off season now. So, right, you know, right. But uh, actually, we're just about halfway through the offseason, you know, basically. Yeah, based and, on, and, and, uh, assuming kitchens and catchers are actually going to report when they're supposed to report and no lockdowns or anything like that, then, then yeah, we're halfway through the offseason. So. Yeah, I think that's going to be the determining factor is uh, if the vaccine rollout continues to uh, go well, it seems like it's been going okay so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're looking at projections, and they will only be projections at that point, but we're looking at projections that maybe you're going to have whatever percentage if you can get the the seats 25 percent full or maybe right. half full stadiums then i think you're going to see teams go okay we're going to have some re- we're going to have that revenue now let's get on it let's get these players in here that we right. want you know until then i think you know, why sign somebody if you don't know exactly what the future is going to be if you don't have to why sign somebody exactly and take you know a couple of teams making a couple of big signings right. and then Boom! Everybody's going to kind of jump on. Right, right, exactly. And where do the Mets fall into that though? Because is Steve Cohen worried about that revenue coming in next year to to make these signings, or does he want to make the? Or does he want to get the players that he needs to get? I think he wants. I think he's smart enough to understand that the longer it goes, the less he has to pay. The yeah, the price is going to drop right, somewhat, right. and um, for some players, you know, for uh, for, for others as other teams as the the number of teams that want a particular player begins to shrink, then those uh, those other teams that are remaining, they they might start you know paying, be willing to pay a little bit more. Right. But I think he's considering that, yeah, probably the price is going to drop overall, generally speaking. And the point, the, the key is finding the right point where you want to jump in because he does want to get the guys that he wants to get. Sure, uh, but he's shrewd enough to know that. Paying top dollar for them right now is not a necessity. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
So we'll see how that all goes. It's strange when you have like an owner who's smart about money and stuff. What is that like? I don't. It's hard. We're gonna we're gonna learn. It's been what a month now. It's been a month. It's only been a month, right? It's only been a month that we've had any inkling of what that's like. What is that? Yeah. (laughs) Crazy, crazy to think that we actually have that now. Yeah. Still, still, it's 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 a festivist miracle. (laughs) Yeah. And listen, you know what though. If they, if they didn't sell the team, we'd have a lot more grievances to air right now. Yeah, that's true. And then, listen, and, the Mets, to, you know, to me, the Mets are not as hard luck, certainly, a, a story as, like, the Jets are. No. But it's been a while that their ownership has just sucked balls. And, <laughs> that's a know, way to put it. Just been <laughs> unable to really, you know, the, anything good that they've done, they've done in spite of intrepid management. Right. Uh, and incompetency. So uh, it's it's I'm reluctant to like start thinking positively yeah, because yeah. I'm worried about yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta getting my heart broken again. Yeah, you know, like you don't want to rush, right? Oh, we're gonna rush right still into, good yeah. and Cohen's gonna spend. We're gonna win, right? Yeah, let's hold off on that. Let's uh, see how it goes. I didn't like I didn't run out. I didn't run out and get a, get a new uh, McCann jersey yet, so or anything <laughs> like that. So. But um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, I, I think you're right. It's it's been so long, and yeah, it's 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 a Christmas miracle that this happened. But you know what? Merry Christmas to all of us. We uh, we have our new owner that we've wanted and I believe for Santa. for years. So. I believe in Santa again. Absolutely, absolutely. His name is Steve uh, Cohen. That fat man, Santa, not Steve Cohen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's Santa's real name. <laughs> that's Santa's real name is Steve Cohen. <laughs> yeah, Uncle, Uncle Santa, Uncle Steve Cohen. <laughs> but um. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. And you know what? I I think the I on the other side of New York, I think the Yankees, you know, they they should get off the pot. Go go sign LeMahieu. Come on, you know you know uh, Cashman. If if that's who you want, sit down with him and figure out what it's going to take and sign him. Yeah, I stop I, playing I would... footsie. Stop letting him do this. Stop letting him do that. I mean, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he has a plan. Who knows? Uh, you know what? I just I just think if that's what you're waiting for, <laughs> if you're waiting for that splash. Figure it out. Get it done. Move on. Do something else. Whatever you got to do, you know. Well, um, ha- having no inside knowledge of this, I just tend to believe that that's probably where the Mayhew wants to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, though. You know, uh, the Yankees can kind of—they have sort of a history of being able to, as you just put it, play footsie, right? right. They're sort of in control, but you know, they haven't been so good lately, right? And maybe they're, you know, like the Knicks—they're starting to lose some of that luster. Maybe they're not such a destination because, yeah, it's New York and they're the Yankees, but you only go to the Yankees because they win and there's a winning culture, you know, when, whether it's because they spend a lot of money on big time free agents or whether it's because they have this core that they bring up right through their farm system and that plays for, you know, more than a decade and they win five championships or, or, you know, whatever it is, they haven't been that for a little while now no, no and while. that luster is not completely gone but maybe there are some players out there who go yeah if the yankees aren't going to win why do i want to go there why do i want to face that pressure why do i want to be in that market right. yeah it's new york but you go to you go to the yankees because of the winning culture and if the winning culture is fading then maybe it's not such a destination and the yankees <laughs> don't get to kind of play like they have that upper hand right so you know uh, I, but i agree why would you not sign DJ LeMayhew? Yeah. He's not that old. No, not at all. And he's the best player he's on like your 32, team. 32, I think. Yeah, he's the best player on your team. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, how often do you have an equal amount of success when you let the best player on your team go? Mm-hmm. Unless you're spending massive amounts of money on other superstars to bring in to to replace them. It's generally not a formula for success. Right. No, it's not. It's not. So I hope they let them go because I hate them. I hope they suck. <laughs> well, yeah, like you said, there's not there's not a lot going around. I mean, there's 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 some rumors uh, that um, the Cubs are going to trade Darvish to uh, uh, maybe the Padres. Um, uh, that would be interesting. They're looking to uh, they're they're looking to uh, they're looking to move obviously uh, Bryant's uh, in out there. But I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, th- there's a lot of uh, question marks. Uh, you know, where is everybody going to wind up? So I think I think I think we're right. I think. Uh, you, we we both are in lockstep there. That it's gonna be it's gonna be later than than sooner. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of inactivity right now. Yeah. And yeah. I think when that changes, it's gonna there's gonna be a short period of a little trickle, and then it's just gonna be a flood. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. when some bad deals are gonna get made. That, then there'll be a couple of bad deals. And probably. that's where you hope that the Mets are not part of that. And exactly. and that's where the Yankees may end up overpaying yeah. because they're watching guys that they have their eye on disappear. Right. Because those players aren't holding out, hoping that the Yankees make a an offer, they're going sure. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. So and uh, the uh, NHL is going to start up in January. So we'll uh, we'll talk. Uh, and so we'll talk about them when the playoffs start. We'll talk about them when the playoffs start. <laughs> we'll talk so, about them in June when the playoffs. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk a little here and a little there, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 do that then. But yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Um, on that note, you have any. Uh, uh, we, we, we talked about on the, uh, before we, uh, sign off here, uh, we talked about on the, uh, beer podcast, our, uh, uh, our, uh, top three, uh, favorite holiday movies. Oh. Um, and, uh, and I was just, uh, sorry, we couldn't do this before Harry had to leave. I just, I, I gave mine, mine were, my number three was Trading Places. Uh, it's a, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, my number two was uh, Christmas Vacation, and my number one was A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what would your three be? I, I think those are all good choices. I don't know if there's... I don't know if there's a single movie that I would consider appointment TV. And gotcha. that, oh, it's, I mean, nothing is really appointment because you can always catch anything anytime. You Whatever want. you want, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, TV. I mean, certainly they do the marathon of a Christmas story. Sure. And I'll <clears throat> watch 20 minutes of the movie probably 17 or nine times <laughs> during that 24 <laughs> hours. You as know? long as I catch, <laughs> ah, fragile. Yeah, Must yeah. Must be Italian. I'll so. probably see the whole movie over the course of the marathon. Not in order, but I'll see every section of it at a, in a different you at know, some point. Yeah, half hour. You'll or, see the movie enti- in its entirety, probably entirety. twice, but right. never all in uh, never that, right from never beginning to from beginning to end. end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, right but uh, I don't know. I just I watch other than and, the, and this is this is the unusual thing for me about live television. Uh, is that other than sports, I don't watch much live television. Okay. I stream stuff. Sure. And not live. Sure. So, I mean, there are 
times when I'll put on the... So you have to actually want to watch a specific movie to have it be something that you go to and stream. Yeah. So yeah. be it a holiday and, movie, you might not be picking that all the time. So therefore... Yeah, I mean, like, there's nothing that I would feel like, oh, I got to put this on because it's Christmas and I want to watch it again. Right. You know, Um I guess I'm just a little more blase about it. But again, any of those movies you mentioned, uh, Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Absolutely. You know, any, any one of those, if I'm flipping through, and that's the thing, I don't really flip through very much. Mm -hmm. But uh, I do have a list. Uh, one of my categories is is movie channels. Right. And I can sort of open that up, and there's maybe 20 different movie channels, and I'll sort of look through the guide there and go, oh, that's good, and pop you know something on for 20 minutes. But sure. um, any one of those movies would be something that I would stop and watch for a little while if I were flipping through the channels. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess probably Christmas Story would be, yeah. if I had to, you know, they said, well, you have to watch a Christmas movie. <laughs> it might be Christmas, Christmas Story. Story. Or, uh, listen, who knows? I might watch... Uh, you know, one of the animated specials because I haven't really seen them in years. Oh, Rudolph you know? or uh, Frosty. Yeah, I, I see the postings on uh, you know Facebook. Oh, the Rudolph's on tonight. You know, and yeah. it's appointment TV for some. And I'm like, whatever. I've, we it's good. That. It's fine. But I've seen it 800 times. We mentioned that back in the day, like when we were all kids. If you're watching Rudolph, you had you, to. Yeah, you, it was. Good, if you missed you, it, you missed it till next year. You missed it, right? <laughs> that's right. it. So that's yeah. not the case. So I don't really feel a. A sense of urgency, okay. and I and yeah. I would I would say there's nothing that I would say. Well, it's it's Christmas Eve, the presents are wrapped, everything's kind of you know wrapped up, and I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, and I'm going to put on my favorite Christmas. But there's no tradition like that in this no, household, gotcha. and there's nothing that I would say. Ah, I think it's time for me to watch my annual, you know, the annual viewing of movie X. This doesn't. Go. I'm too blasé for that sort of thing. We uh, favorite Christmas song. Yeah, one. Uh, hmm. What do you think? One. He's thinking the wheels are turning. I don't know. I'm kind of locked in. Every year we get the boys to go on. Uh, we usually go on Facebook Live and they play a couple of songs. Right. Um, but <laughs> my uh, oldest in rebellion. It's looking for the worst Christmas song. The worst Christmas song. And he's like, "What's the worst ones?" I've been thinking about that. We we came up with uh, McCartney, "Wonderful Christmas Time." There you go. Uh, we think it's pretty much the worst Christmas song. But he was <laughs> so that's sort of been in my head. Uh, all I can think of is the worst Christmas song by one of the best artists of. Uh, yeah, exactly. From like, from, yeah. from one of the best artists. Mine, uh, I, I can give you two. Mine, are my my traditional. One that's been done over and over and like true, like solid Christmas song, if you will. It's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. That's my favorite. But my whimsical <laughs> favorite Christmas song by far is Dominic the Donkey. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> most, well, people, the, most people do hate it, but I love it. I here's it. the thing. When I first got into radio and I worked out in Riverhead and I was the fill-in guy and did weekends. And right. I worked the eight-hour shift on Christmas because I was the new guy. Sure. And so over the course of those eight hours, I probably had to listen to Dominic the Donkey five times. Sure, of course. And that was all it took to, to it. ruin it forever for me. So um, I... 
it's a it's a it's a family thing going back for me. My mother, my grandfather, everybody like they love the song. So I grew up loving that song, like yeah, like whimsical kind of. You know, you know that's that's. I'll say this: there's two kind of old school silver bells. Sure, um, is one that I enjoy. Very good song. And as of a couple of years ago, uh, I actually listened to the little drummer boy and thought about the story behind it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a religious person, sure. but just the idea of this, you know, waif, you know, this orphan, mm-hmm. uh, you know, traveling, stumbling up upon, you know, the birth of our, our Lord and savior mm-hmm. and doesn't have frankincense, doesn't have myrrh, you know, doesn't have, anything to give to the son of God. And I got a drum. So he plays his drum Mm -hmm. and then the baby, you know, and then he smiled at me, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of made me look at that song a little differently and look at it. Warmed your heart up a little bit. Yeah. 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 It really did. It was kind of, you know, and and being a, you know, a drummer myself, I guess maybe that had something to do with it. Absolutely. But I just kind of started to look at that song a little bit differently uh, because otherwise you look at it and you go, yeah, that's what every infant wants to hear. Right. Is a drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Don't think hours, that was quite the message, but two yeah. Two hours <laughs> out of the womb, that's what every infant child wants to hear. Is, <laughs> you know. Um, but, um, so that, that song kind of took on a little bit of a, a special true. meaning and, for me. And the, the, and the Bing Crosby, uh, uh, David Bowie version? I hate it. Absolutely hate it. <laughs> Loved it the first two, three times I heard it. After that, nah. Gotcha. Pass. There's some other versions actually did the exact same thing. They they it was a it was a cover of the Bing Crosby David Bowie version of oh, you know what I mean? So like did the same way, but anyway. Yeah, it but, was kinda uh, cute, but if you watch I mean, enough times you're like, eh. I, mean, I don't really think these guys got together and they were best buddies after that. Hey, they were what? put together and they performed what they were supposed to perform. Yeah, and then I well, think they went their there you go. It was for the separate special, ways and sure. never spoke to each other yeah, again. Yeah. That's so. <laughs> but uh yeah. So So yeah, Silver Bells and Little Drummer Boy. Silver Bells and Little Drummer Boy. There you go. All right. Well, that's uh that's an interesting uh interesting combination. But yeah, there's been a lot of uh there it is. There's been a lot of uh uh chatter about it back and forth between the uh, craft beer show and this one so i just wanted to get that out there and uh have a little fun with that and we did uh we did the uh we did feats of strength too on the uh craft beer uh, show oh nice i didn't dave actually poured three beers into a big leader stein that was his feat of strength (laughs) (laughs) but uh which is also going to be his uh feat of endurance when he drinks all his feat of endurance when he just yeah by now he said he i I doubt he's still watching this show so (laughs) Uh, well, he might be. Well, he one might eye be. might still be over. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out. So, but uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to uh, bring that out. So that was good. But um, just so everybody knows, uh, starting next week, uh, the craft beer uh, podcast will be moved to Tuesday nights, uh, giving us more time to prep and maybe start a little earlier if we need to, and and whatever else we have to do for the sports podcast, which will remain at the same time-ish on Wednesday nights. So you can look forward to that. So, yeah. right. oh, A little caveat-ish. Ish, ish. Always you start ish. on time-ish. Ish. Well, you know what? It's going to be less-ish now with the, the beer one moving to Tuesdays. 
because there right, won't be any right. overlap. There won't be any 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 pushback or, or anything like that. So if, we're well, start, I, if we say we're starting at seven, we're starting at seven. The ish I mean is that maybe we can move it to six thirty if we need to, or or anything like that, depending on, of course, Harry, since he is two hours ahead of us. So right, right, be right. available at four thirty. Yeah, so we could we could move it even and move it an hour up or whatever. Yeah, we'll figure it all you know, out depending on our our schedule if we get all our schedules lined up. But exactly. So um, all right. Well, that should wrap up the show for today. We want to thank everybody for watching. And for those of you listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to visit our website, www.loggerroom.com. That's L-E-G-E-R-R-O-O-M.com. And please remember, like us and follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And for those of you that just want to listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds, and you will never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a wonderful rest of your Festivus day. Have a great Christmas Eve. Have a very Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful weekend. Watch a lot of football. Uh, keep watching that basketball, and we'll talk about a lot of stuff next week. Have a wonderful time, and we will talk to you all soon, folks. Take care. Peace, everybody.